right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. F that. We don't got time for that. Right? Let's go. Crank it. Crank it, Glenn Cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk here on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Hey. And on today's edition of the show, we're going to be recapping the Kansas City Chiefs first round, first round of the NFL draft. Uh, but mostly today, we are going to be devoted to RCST trivia. We have six episodes of RCST trivia coming at you on today's edition of the show. So that's going to be loaded. Big day. Big that's day going to be fun. Yeah, we also have a KU mailbag coming up at 340. Um, right off the top here, I, I do want to get into some Chiefs NFL draft reaction. But first, let's get to the KU stuff. Uh, Arterio Morris is deciding later today. That's supposed to be at 5 o'clock on Instagram Live. I don't have Instagram, so I, th- I think I have no way of watching You're this. not on Instagram? No, I'm not. At all? Uh, no, dude, I'm not. Maybe I'll make a fake account. Why are you not on Instagram? I'm just not. I don't know. It's, I, dude, it's I'm not 20... like a big social media guy. I do no, Twitter I, I because I have that. to. Listen, it's good for the brand know, and everything. You can be not a social media guy, but, dude, it's 2023. I feel like you have to have at least a Twitter and Instagram. I, if you're uh, under the age of, like, 35. I just deleted Snapchat last week because when they added the AI, I okay, thought that yes. was creepy. Yes, the um, AI thing is weird. And what's stupid is you can't delete it. Yeah. So that's what's the worst part about it is, like, it's just stuck there. Yeah. Uh, so that sucks, yes. Yeah. So, uh, But, uh, yeah, dude, come on, it's 2023. You got to have at least Twitter and Instagram, I think. Well, I... I, uh, I I don't know. Well, I'll figure it out. I mean, somebody will, somebody will post it on Twitter. Somebody on will Instagram. post the screenshot or Dude, something. Dude, even my mom's on Instagram. And she's, you know, I don't want to say her age because she'll probably get mad at me. But, you know. Yeah, more power to her. <laughs> Not my thing. Um, So, he will be deciding later, and we'll talk about that later based on what he does coming up at uh, 5 o'clock. Uh, we've kind of talked ad nauseum about it either way, so uh, you can check that out in the best of RCST podcast. And like I said, we'll, we'll break it down more based on the decision he makes. Primo Spears... Announced earlier today that he's going to be deciding uh, tomorrow. I, I think he's going to be deciding tomorrow <laughs> if you base it on the math. This was kind of sinister by Primo Spears. He, he posted on his Instagram story, funny enough, but somebody shared it on Twitter. See, boom, we're good. Um, shared that he, he was like, I'm going to be deciding, and it was a countdown clock. Instead of him being like, I'm going to be deciding at this time tomorrow, it was like one day, 10 hours, 51 minutes, or something, and it was counting down. Now, See, when. When I, the screenshot was taken, I think if I was mathing it outright, it would be 8.30 p.m. See, tomorrow I night. can't think of anything worse for guys like us than, than Primo Spears doing this because we struggle with math on this show. There's, that's, that's no, there's no denying it. There's no getting around it. People who listen to the show know this. And now we got Primo Spears just putting a countdown. Why can't we just say what time? I should have just given it to you and had you decide because I think that would have actually been funny content having you try to figure out what time it was and be like, uh, three three twenty. I'm not that bad at math. It's just it's just I just it's just not my thing, man. It's not my thing. Uh, I I just I I don't know. I I kind of love it. Uh, I I don't know if he did it just to be funny. If he did it to be funny intentionally, there's no to way be he an did agent it to be of chaos. Funny. I actually love that. There's no way he did it to be funny. You think he did it just because he thought that would be like the cool way to do it? Yes, hundred percent. If that's if he did it unironically, then at that point I have a little bit of a problem with it. But if he did it to actually be like 
kind of like mess with well, people, I guess if that's he, funny. If to he me. commits to Kansas and they send him out for interviews, you should ask him. I guess. I I think that would be really funny if a player did a uh, announcement time. And they're like, I'm going to be announcing at this time, and they did like a scavenger hunt. Or they did like multiple clues, like the no. Pete Carroll thing last no, night. No, if they no. did multiple clues I, I could about not when they're disagree more. Where they're no, going. because that just makes me mad. Or like, what if I they, just don't. I'm, I don't. I don't want to put in that much effort to figure out what you're doing. What if they did like a, uh, like a quadratic okay, equation? If some, they did some like long a formula, no, no, no. If they, out. if they, I, what I think would be actually kind of cool is if it, there was like some kind of code. They did like a code. You know what I mean? Like where the letters are all jumbled and you have to decipher. What it is? That'd be, I, I, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, some some sort of like puzzle that, that we as a community, <laughs> as a society, has to put together. I think that would be a ton of fun. But there's a fine line between it being cool and just being stupid. Under, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. It's different. It's unique. So he'll be deciding tomorrow. I think that um, it becomes interesting to the standpoint of if he's announcing tomorrow, like. It almost seemed like for Primo Spears, it's a Kansas and Florida State thing, right? Okay. If he's announcing tomorrow, does that almost tell you that the KU coaches feel like they are getting Arteria Morris and they let him know? Or does it tell you that the KU coaches are not getting Arteria See, yeah, Morris and they let him know and <laughs> yeah. that made his decision easier? Yeah, it, it, I think it's it's either one way or the other, right? I so mean, I guess KU, basically it means KU knows we've, what's going to happen? We've talked about this. KU is not going to get both Arteria Morris and Primo Spears, Okay. They only need probably one more of those combo guard type players. So one of them is not going to KU, and one of them maybe is, or they could both not come to KU, right? Like, it's not like KU needs this position. I mean, it'd be nice, but they still have Jalen Tyson floating around out there. They still have Hunter Dickinson, which is the guy they're mainly going after. Uh, you know, and as of right now, they only have two open scholarships. I mean, depending on what happens with Kevin McCuller, I guess, they could only have one. Or if they, or if Kyle Cuff ends up deciding to leave, or what happens with Chris Johnson. So... There's a there's a, a lot of moving parts here, and I have to assume that because of like these guys their and their timelines moving, I have to assume that KU is aware of all this and is like knows what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what I have to assume. And then if well, I, I think the way I'm gonna view it, if Arterio Morris does not pick KU tonight, I'm gonna view that as Primo Spears is picking KU tomorrow. Whether so? that's true or not, that's how I'm gonna view it. Okay. Okay. We'll see how that works could out. Could be fair, could be not. Yeah, Jalen Tyson starts his visit tonight. That obviously among those three players we've talked about, like best fit would, would make fill the a big most role. Sense, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The most the most glaring uh, hole you still have, right? Because like with the guard stuff, you feel you feel okay with your current guards that you have if you're Kansas, I think. But a talent like Arterio Morris or a scorer like Primos Spears off the bench is certainly enticing. But, yeah, you still have Jalen Tyson, and you still have Hunter Dickinson out there. So, stuff to say. Yep. So, uh, we'll, we'll recap whatever happens on Monday's show coming up on RCST. The NFL draft first round was last night, and uh, certainly some interesting stuff happened in the early parts of the draft. But as far as it yep. pertains to the Chiefs, you know, we, we were through, what, like pick 18, pick 19? Yes, everything was great. It, it, it was. It couldn't have been better for no, the Chiefs, actually. It, it was like, oh, my gosh, like all the receivers are still there. All the tight ends are still there. Yep. And then... And then chaos ensued. Yeah. Four straight receivers go. A bunch of the defensive line targets that the Chiefs would have wanted went. Yep. I think it did hurt, looking back in, in hindsight, that Will Levis didn't go earlier because that would have pushed another good player down. Could have, uh, yeah. Probably hurt that maybe Hendon Hooker didn't go earlier again. That would have pushed another good player down. Maybe that like a Michael Mayer didn't go earlier. That would have pushed another good player down, right? That maybe the Chiefs would have ended up with, with somebody else. 
So they end up with Felix and Yudike Uzama. I believe that's the proper way to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, defensive end from Kansas State. Uh, by all means, should great be a, player. a yeah, good great player, player, right? I mean, a really good production at the Big 12 level. Um, young player, too. Uh, you're talking about someone who's 21 years old, so has room to develop. You get that extra yep. year option of him by taking in the in the the first round as opposed to the the second round possibly. I I do think it's a little bit of a reach. I, I mean, you look at some of the the different uh, mock yeah. drafts or the different. I mean, it's it's rankings. a need. It's a need. So yeah. I I don't. I think it's a fine pick. Like I, yesterday, we talked about it. Like there was nothing the Chiefs really could have done that would have made me mad. I think. Like I, I don't think they could have done anything that would have upset me. So. This is a fine pick, right? And I think it's also it's my initial reaction was it's definitely a very political pick from Clark Hunt, right? The draft is in Kansas City. You just won the Super Bowl. Now you're going to draft the hometown kid who went to a local school, Kansas State. Like the storyline of it is all fun and great, and I think that maybe like and and th- I'm not saying that it's like a bad pick fit wise or you know that he's going to be a bad player, but like that other aspect of it, the political, the quote unquote political side of it, I guess I I have to assume influenced the pick, but also. The, their other options at that spot were kind of depleted as well. Yeah. Right. So it, it makes sense. And I, I like I said, I, I think I'm not going to criticize the pick at all. I think it's I think it's fine. I think Enadiko Zoma is a good player, and it definitely has the capability to be good. And and now if you think about it, for the next four years at least, KU was going to have or not KU the Chiefs. Excuse me. The Chiefs are going to have George Karloftis on one side, and now Felix Enadiko Zoma on the other side. That sounds that sounds pretty good. I mean, those are two guys that definitely have the the talent to be really quality pass rushers. Oh, by the way, you have Chris Jones in the middle of that, so it it sounds pretty good. And uh, it's like I said, it's definitely a pick for need. I think most Chiefs fans would have preferred a guy like Miles Murphy, or uh, given how things had shaken out, Nolan Smith was the was the pick before the Chiefs. Like that would have been a steal for the Chiefs, I think, mm-hmm. if they got him there. Uh, but yeah, a, a, a quality pick for need. Uh, Anton Harrison went a, a few picks before them, which was another guy that I think the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs probably would have been interested in in terms of filling out the tackle position. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with it. I think it's a good pick, and I think from the storyline perspective, it's cool. Uh, and listen, he went to K State. I don't care about that. Okay, like to me, once you get to the NFL, it doesn't matter where you went to college. To be honest, like the Chiefs picked Nick Bolton. He went to Missouri. Whatever, fine. Pick Felix Anatika Uzama, whatever, fine. He's a chief now. I okay. I I don't hate the pick. I, I will be clear with that. There are certain things about this that I I definitely I'm not on a uh, I'm not on board as much as you are. So I don't know if part of this is just a bias that I, I like. I've seen a lot of Kansas State defenders recently go to the NFL draft who maybe overperformed to what their talent level was in college because they just get so much out of their players and they were so successful, whether it's been a Wyatt Hubert or an Elijah Lee or a Jordan Willis or something on the defensive end that did not turn into, like Arthur Brown, into good NFL defensive players, right? I don't, I don't know. Should that be held against him? Probably not because, you know, every Texas Tech quarterback wasn't someone for the NFL till Patrick <laughs> Holmes, right? Every player is their own different. It's a really cool story of a guy who dominated it in the area that I think Lee Summit High School and didn't get like any. He, he had a, a D1 offer to, uh, I want to say it was like Bowling Green or something like that. Um, but he, he wanted to enroll early. They didn't let him. So he had like no Power 5 offers. He was just going to enroll in school at, I think, Arkansas. 
and wasn't even going to play sports. Hmm. And then he got like a PWO offer from Kansas State to to come on as as like a blue shirt, basically, where he redshirted his first year, then was a scholarship player after that. Um, so you know, not a true walk on necessarily, but uh, ended up just developing into something great. And again, he is super young, and he does fill a position of need. And yeah, you do have all those years, like you said, of Karloftis and and him, and it covers you at the defensive end spot and all that. It's great. The way I view it, though, is just a value thing. Uh, I think above all, like, if you would have drafted Felix and Udike Uzama in the second round, I think it would have been great. Um, most places you look, he's in the 40s or the 50 range for his ranking. And because of that, I view it as, like, you should have just traded down in the first, but that's where the pol- politics kind of come yeah, in there. for sure. So I think that, you know, I... I mean, listen... Nothing made Clark Hunt more happy than getting to walk out on the stage in front of the Chiefs crowd, holding the Lombardi trophy, getting to waltz around with the three trophies, you know, and take forever and then announce the pick. I I guess the way that I view it is I kind of had, and and I tweeted this last night, like I I get the hunch that basically when we heard from like Jesse Newell last week and he basically said like, I don't think uh, Clark Hunt was joking when he told Brett Veach he can't trade out of the first round. (laughs) And, like, Brett Veach joked about it last week that he was like, ah, I don't know that Clark Hunt was joking with me when I said that. And then you end up with this comment from Brett Veach afterwards. Veach said that they had 16 to 18 guys with first-round grades, and Felix was, quote, right around there. That means he wasn't one of those guys. If he was one of those 16 to 18 guys who they had first-round grades, would have just said it. they would have said he had a first-round grade. He said he was right around there. So they did not have a first-round grade on Felix and Udike Uzama. Which means, why'd you take him in the first round? Why did you not trade back? Because I believe there was that. And then you see Clark Hunt out there announcing the pick. To me, this was yes. easy that Clark Hunt said, Dude, that whole thing you had cannot, been planned right? for weeks. Exactly. That he was going to do that. Clark Hunt was going to walk out to announce the Chiefs for whatever pick. Hell first or high pick it water. Was. Yep. It didn't matter. He was going to exactly. do that. So it kind of hamstrung you there from instead of picking up an extra Which, listen, that, that's fine. Pick. I mean, it was a cool moment, right? Yeah. I mean, there was 125,000 basically all Chiefs fans there. Yeah. And it was it was sweet, like it was really cool. Sure. You know? um, I I don't think that I want to blame Brett Veach if this pick doesn't work out. To that notion, though, right? Um, okay. If it does work out, then I guess you give the credit to Clark Hunt. <laughs> and I do think that you know maybe there was some criticism to well, Brett Veach should have just traded up. I think he tried. I think he very much tried. Yeah, there it sounds like he did try. Loose reports. Well, it sounds like there was some yeah other about the Cowboys teams in the AFC. Uh, yeah, specifically that, that were like basically blocking the Chiefs because yeah. they did not want them want to help let them, them out. Yeah, yeah. So basically, I mean, because the, ja- the Jaguars it. traded back twice. Well, and, and they wouldn't it, do it with the Chiefs. No, uh, look at it from this perspective: the teams who picked twenty to twenty-three. If everybody's like, why didn't the Chiefs trade up there to get one of the receivers? They all took receivers. Why would they trade with the Chiefs and be like, yes. oh, you took the guy we wanted? Which, by the way, you know? I don't really know why the Vikings took Jordan Addison. I mean, like, like I get it, I guess, but like. They had the worst pass defense in the in the universe last year, and they didn't want to take a corner? Yeah, I guess just try to outscore people? I don't know. Um, and then you get to the point where it's after those receivers go, and it's a bunch of, like, D-linemen or, like, Anton Harrison go. Like, yeah. if the Chiefs are offering trade— Like, there was there was a loose report about them trying to trade up with the Cowboys well, at 26 to take Maisie Smith, the, the D-tackle from Michigan— and that the Cowboys were like, no, because we want Maisie Smith. And they ended up drafting Maisie, and listen, right? I really like Dalton Kincaid. I don't really know why the Bills took him, though. I mean, they do have a good tight end already, but I absolutely do hate that uh, three guys that would have been, I think, really good players for the Chiefs ended up on some of the biggest teams they have to go through, right? You end up with Quentin Johnston on the Chargers, you end up with Dalton Kincaid yeah. on the Bills, and you end up with Miles Murphy, who would have been great for the Chiefs, with the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. 
So that's unfortunate. So I, I think uh, basically they were, they were kind of landlocked because of the run that just happened. Like there just wasn't anything that Veach could do. And I think in a normal draft, Veach would have traded down and accrued some extra picks, and then you get Anudike Uzama in the early 40s or the late 30s or something like that, yeah. and you acquire extra help because of that. But I think this comes down to Clark Hunt really wanted to to make the pick. So if they end up reaching an Anudike Uzama, because to me, one of the biggest things about being a first-round pick is if you're a first-round pick, you should be good enough to earn a second contract. There is part of me that wonders if Anudike Uzama is just going to be a solid rotational defensive end. Like he'll be a good player for you, but yeah. he won't be worth that second contract. I mean, what? I mean, realistically, is he going to be like a what five, six sacks a right. year guy? Maybe, and that's like, not a that's... second contract guy, most likely, yeah. because those guys usually leave to get bigger money. When you're like, well, you're a solid rotation player for you, we'll pay you a little less. I could be wrong on this. If he ends up being a really good player, more power to the Chiefs, more power to Clark Hunt, And it would definitely be stuff. a cool story. Exactly, it would be. <clears throat> and and I, I, I'm rooting for it. You're rooting for it to happen and everything. I just kind of get the sense that this is one of those, like, lower ceiling type plays that will be a solid player but is not quite worth the first round. So we'll end up see what uh, what happens. Yeah. But, again, it's a position of need, so, like, I, sure. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I will say, yeah, now the defensive end group looks pretty good. Uh, when you have Anudike Uzama, you have Karloftis, Amenihu, Mike Dana. Who knows if you bring in a, a veteran still with one of, like, Frank Clark, or Carlos Dunlap, or, or somebody yeah. else. Like, that should actually be a pretty good unit now. So now you do have all your picks to, to maybe go up. And, and maybe they will be aggressive today. Maybe they'll trade up. Maybe they'll get, you know. Uh, that's the other thing. Like, I, I will say, like, I... Once all the targets off off the board went in front of him, it really did stink. Like you had Nolan Smith go right away, and, and all yeah. these guys. I was kind of getting to the point where I was psyching myself up for Michael Mayer. I thought that would have been a lot of fun, but who knows? Maybe you'll get a receiver. Maybe you'll get one of those tight ends today <laughs> as part of uh, day two in the draft. Yeah, and everything was was there a, outside of the Chiefs NFL draft like the biggest thing for you or, or the funniest thing or wild? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, I mean, that stood there out. was a lot of talk about the Lions, obviously, and what they did. Um, trading back and then taking Jameer Gibbs and then Jack Campbell. A lot of people joking about, wow, the Lions had a great 1965 <laughs> yeah. draft. So, uh, you know, I I'm, I don't know. I mean, listen, if you want to just load up on running backs and just run HB dive every play, <laughs> knock yourself out. I mean, they don't, they're, hey, they don't have Jamison Williams for six games now. So if they wanted to be more of a pass-heavy unit with Jamison Williams as being an integral cog of that, they probably, you know, that, that hurts them obviously for half the season. And then uh, uh, the Eagles just becoming the 2021 Georgia Bulldogs with Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith. Uh, I'm I would I have to assume that they had the best night of any team, yeah. right? I mean, you got a guy, you got Jalen Carter, who you know six months ago was arguably a number one pick yeah. guy, and then you get Nolan Smith, who was a top ten guy in on most mocks, and he goes uh, to pick thirty, right? I mean, the Eagles were. In talks with Nolan Smith about taking him at pick number nine or pick number ten, yeah. the pick they had originally, and then they get him at thirty. Like I don't, you can't, you can't ask for a better draft than that if you're the Eagles. I, I have to assume they're probably going to be the clear favorites to win the NFC this season and get back to the Super Bowl. And I mean, they're going to be tough to beat. I mean, the Chiefs barely got through them this year, so it's it would be tough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, I, I guess the quarterback stuff kind of sticks out because it just always really does. Anthony Richardson being with the Colts. Uh, that'll be interesting with Richardson and Stroud in the same division, so they'll really get to reflect on each other about like yeah. who ended up with the better <laughs> pick there. 
Um, but you just get more potential quarterback talent into the AFC. And then I, I do I did was the, thinking did about the Cardinals this. moves make you think anything else about Hopkins, the Hopkins situation? They traded back and got an offensive tackle. Does that No, not really. I, I feel like they're still gonna trade him. Um Will Levis not going. That was obviously interesting. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I mean that we'll would have been like today. the prime trade up candidate right. for the Chiefs, right? Like if there was a team that was like yeah, we'll take a flyer on a guy that was maybe a, considered a top five pick, you know, in the first round because you get that extra. I think you get that extra fifth year contract with the first round picks. So like, but uh, you know, with the with the Clark Hunt stuff, didn't happen. Yeah, and then uh, the other thing that that sticks out to me is just I don't know. It's um, I, I guess the receivers, uh, all of them, kind of going back successively. Like yeah. that certainly sticks out. And then the last thing is just the Texans. That yes, was a brash move. Yeah, the very brash move that. I, it's a lot to give up for a non-quarterback, um, especially because the Texans might not be great next year. To where, like, what? Probably there, there's be a non-zero bad. chance that what if CJ Stroud sucks and they end up three and thirteen? Yeah, and they end but up with the number one or number two pick next year. On the flip side, the AFC South is is bad. It is. <laughs> so they well, I mean, I guess the Jaguars are probably going to be pretty yeah, good this Jaguars year. Yeah, Jaguars are descending. Titans are just like a solid like middling team. I I think that it's. I mean, okay, think about it. So they they gave up pick twelve. So they swapped firsts, they gave up pick 33, so that's basically almost a first, and they gave up a next year's first, which that could be a top five pick. At the yes. very least, you'd think it'd be top five or top 15. Yes. So that basically means they gave up three yeah, I mean, first round picks. I mean, at best, what are the how many what are the Texans going to be this season? Like seven and ten? Yeah. Is that like their is that their ceiling? Yeah. So I mean, there is a lot <laughs> so of pressure. Be like 15 on them to be at least decent this next year. There's also. Um, a lot of pressure, I think. Like, Will Anderson at that point, if he's just like a 10-sack a game, or a 10-sack a year guy, like, that's not good enough. He has to be, like, one of the five best edge rushers in the NFL. Like, not right away as a rookie. So but what, but what about on the flip side, what about the pressure on Kyler Murray this year for the Cardinals? Because, mm. like, they're basically tanking, right? I guess. I mean, he's injured to start the year, isn't he? I think, I, I, think I don't he's going to miss the start of the season. I don't know. So, but like when he comes back, like what if the Cardinals are the worst team and they have a chance to take Caleb Williams next season? They probably trade it, right? When do they, they trade they just the pick gave that or gigantic they, or contract they, to him? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what do they do with Kyler Murray at that point? I I think it depends. I mean, if Kyler Murray is just like horrible when he comes back, then it's hard not to take that generational of a talent and you figure it out and you trade <laughs> Kyler Murray and you deal with the cap hit for a year or two and you just say, ah, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, that opens it up, certainly. All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We've got a KU mailbag coming up. This is RCST on KLWN, depending on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. We have six RCST trivia matchups on today's show, starting at 4 o'clock here on KLWN. 5 o'clock, we'll take a quick pause and maybe talk about the uh, uh, decision of Arterio Morris, that coming down the line later tonight. Our KU Mailbag, though, for today, one of the fun segments of the week. Thank you to you. If you submitted a question, we will try to get to all of them. If not, we'll have some leftovers for next week. So we will get around to it eventually. All right, first up (laughs) on this week's edition of the KU Mailbag, random lady calling my work voicemail. Uh, She asked, why aren't you advertising the KU track meet this weekend? You're doing a bad job covering the outdoor season. All right, number one. So... You know, uh, the KU Relays were a week ago. We had some audio for that. We, we covered some so, of that. Wait, I'm confused. This this lady didn't, she didn't say who she was? No, she didn't. Uh, oh. Didn't, didn't say her name, anonymous, unfortunately. Anonymous uh, KMO back. Yeah. So, um, 
that was a big deal, and we talked about it a little bit, but we didn't overdo it. I mean, you were there. You literally were the you were the MSA, right, for, like, the whole thing. Uh, I, I was doing PA for, like, the awards and stuff like okay, that. Okay, yeah. Um, so this week they are hosting an event, and it is called the uh, Rock Chalk Classic, I believe. Um, it's an all-day event coming up tomorrow. So there, I just talked about it. You're welcome. Um, nonetheless, uh, the reason that we do not, to take your little inside how this works, why we do not, like, like again, we love doing interviews, if we have player audio, stuff like that. But the reason that me or Nick don't talk about this and break it down and analyze it for 20 minutes for three hours during the day is because A, don't know as much about track and field. B, the majority of our audience is not going to want to listen to it, right? Yeah, well, it, it, like, at the end of the day, we don't want to pretend to be, like, yeah, exactly. extremely knowledgeable about something that, you know, I mean, listen. If you saw either one of us, we're not runners. We don't <laughs> run or do any like like I don't even know how to you yeah. know you know what I mean. Which is why if, if somebody <laughs> you know if we if we do have player audio if we do have an interview right if KU reaches out and is like hey we'd love to have the, I'd be like great okay let's do it and we'll talk about it. Um, but um, again I think for the most part most of our audience wants us to talk about transfer portal or KU football or this or that and they're going to want to tune into that. So number two. The part about why aren't you advertising the KU Meet this weekend? Let me explain to you what advertising means. Advertising means that a company <laughs> buys airtime on our station. So if you're wondering why it's not being advertised on our station, it is because the company has not bought airtime on our station to talk about it. <laughs> so random lady calling my work voicemail, please leave me alone. Okay, next one from Peter. Um, which KU football freshman will have the biggest impact on this year's team? Okay, this is a, this is a tough question because... You know, it's not like with basketball where there's only five guys, and if you get a major high-impact freshman, it's like, okay, this dude's going to have a big impact, like, you know, Marco Jackson type. With football, it's it's just a lot more complicated. You know, there's a lot more positions. It's a lot more difficult, I think, for young guys to, to make a big impact, uh, right? And so this is a tough question. I guess uh, the, the guy that jumped out to me was Tony Terry. Because uh, we've actually heard quite a bit about him, and he's on the D line. Yeah, early enrollee too. Yeah, early enrollee, and he's on the D line. Uh, you know, a group that is looking for impact players, right? So maybe if he flashes some in practice, they they he gets a chance to get out there. But but yeah, this is tough. I mean, you know, it's it's tough in football, right? It's tough to for a guy to come in as a true freshman. I mean, when's the last time like a true freshman, outside of like you know, Jalen Hurts or somebody or you know, Tua. No, it's hard. In. I mean, Devin Neal for Kansas. Yeah. But, like, uh, running back is is kind of the position where you see it, I feel like, happen the most, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, there's probably less Leonard of a learning Ford, Wasn't Leonard Fournette, like, a, a true freshman that had a great year, a great first year with LSU? Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually a lot of those guys who come in as running backs, it's like it's because you're physically that good, right? Yes. And And that's a lot of the position. Obviously, there is a lot you still have to learn, too. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you look at the early enrollees. Jaden Ham, but they have like four or five tight ends in yeah, front I mean, of him. I don't know how much he's going to even get on the field. Yeah, Calvin Clements, like you don't want to put true freshman linemen on the field. I, I think they both have bright futures. Uh, Siraz Buncombe, I could see him getting on the field a little bit. He was an early enrollee, like playing with special teams maybe a little bit. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he gets the occasional catch, like maybe as a handful. Tony Terry, like you mentioned, but again, like with linemen, probably want him to sit out. And then you look at the guys who signed their letter of intent who haven't joined yet. Um Jameel Croft, I, I think he's going to be really good, but is he going to get on the field much as a freshman? He's a safety. He's going to be behind Kenny Logan, Marvin Grant, OJ Burrows, yeah. uh, Jalen Dye, like all these guys. Uh, Jacoby Davis at corner, same thing. Like you have all these guys in front of him at the corner position. Um, I, I think the one that I want to go with, honestly, is 
I, I guess you could say Logan Brantley, but he, they're they're going to try to add weight to him just because I don't know. But Johnny Thompson to that same notion of running backs. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. we, we heard about the running back uh, group being banged up over the course yes. of spring ball. Yeah. What happens if some guys get banged up and you know you have injuries to either Devin Neal or Daniel Highshaw or you know Dylan McDuffie? Well, Johnny Thompson is seen as kind of a speedy back from Oaks Christian out of California, three-star recruit. Um, maybe he could get on the field a little bit and make an impact. So those would be yeah. my two. I would go with Thompson and Bunkham, I think. Yeah, well, and a guy like Thompson, I mean, we heard from the special teams coaches about how they're still trying to determine their punt and kickoff return situation, right? Like, supposedly Jason B, and they even put him back there, right? <laughs> so if, you've, if you're a guy like Thompson who's got good speed and can make an impact – Maybe you maybe you end up being a, a special teams return guy. Yeah, maybe even like Jared Sample to that notion. Like he's he's known as a speedy receiver. Maybe he makes an impact on special teams. We'll see. Yeah. Um, this one from Mike. Are we misreading how Ingram's situation unfolded? If we assume that A, Cuff is not going, and B, Self really wants McCuller back if possible, even if unlikely, doesn't that leave only one guaranteed spot open? Which they would certainly hold for Dickinson now. So would Self simply need, one, to wait for McCuller to decide 100%, two, wait for Dickinson to choose, or three, know where the other spot is coming from before taking Ingram or another? This was uh, obviously um, this was sent in, in regards to last week after uh, yeah, Ingram yeah. picked uh, North Carolina. Maybe slow playing Ingram was part of figuring out whether slash how the third available scholarship would open. We'll get to, there's a PS. I'll, I'll get to that one after after we answer. Yeah. This. By the way, is this the longest mailbag question? Um, we've had some long ones. That, yeah, this would probably be the longest. And to be clear, okay. like I don't hate that. I, you know, no, yeah, it's fine. I mean, we, there's we, a lot we to break down. We enjoy the responses. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot, lot to break down. To, there's break nothing down wrong here. with that. But yeah, I think this is the longest. So congrats, okay. Mike. So I, it's tough, right? Because yes, you you probably if you're K, you're certainly holding one of your open scholarships right now for Dickinson. Correct. Right, like that's that's pretty obvious, and until he decides, right? So, and this, this kind of goes into what we've talked about leading up to this weekend, where if you're holding, if you're quote unquote holding one of your scholarships for Dickinson, Arturo Morris is going to commit, Primo Spears is going to commit, Jalen Tyson's visiting. That's three guys that you hypothetically only have one roster spot for, assuming Kevin McCullers back and Kyle Cuff's not leaving, right? So. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> the, the, I don't think really we misread it just because, just because it's not like it's it's not like this is the only way they handled Harrison Ingram. Every every recruit that they've really talked to or have been linked to, basically, you kind of get the sense that they've played it all the same way with every one of them. Like, hey, Dickinson's our guy. He's the one we're going after number one. And you know, if you just want to kind of, and then they just try to slow play it, right? I mean, it's happened with other guys, not just Ingram. So that's why I think maybe we didn't really misread it that much just because KU has kind of shown a pattern now over this transfer portal cycle of how they want to handle other guys besides Dickinson, right? I think so. so. Is that is that fair? No, I, th- I think that's totally fair. Um, I, I think that, honestly, you just have to, like, recruit guys and hope they commit and then you figure out the scholarship numbers later. I, I think yeah. that's kind of what the, the point we're at, right? Um, whether that means... Yeah, I don't, I don't think Bill Self is, like, sweating, like, Oh no! How are we gonna make right. it work? Right, like get the guys you want, and then figure the rest out. Exactly. Whether it is like, okay, even if Kyle Cuff is like, oh, I want to stay. Uh, what about one of the freshmen? What if you get them to decommit? What if you do the thing where you do basically have a, a walk on, and basically his his scholarship, quote unquote, yeah. is nil money, basically paying for that, right? And I will say, like, I I still think the chances of McCuller coming back are are pretty low. Yeah, they're point. slim, like very low. 
Right. I mean, there was some smoke from that like a couple of weeks ago, but I don't think there's really been any indication that's given anybody any reason to believe that the chances of McCuller coming back aren't like 10, yeah. 15%. Which is why I think if you're Bill Self and you're the KU staff, and I think this is how they're approaching it, they're viewing that McCuller scholarship as being open. Yeah, and, and I think a couple weeks to that ago, scholarship. and I think a couple weeks ago we had this we had this conversation where, and this is not just Katie. This is I think this is just in general. If you're a staff and you have a guy like this where he says, "Hey, I'm going to go to the draft, but I'm considering maintaining my eligibility, whatever." As a staff, I think you are obligated to operate under the assumption that that guy is not coming back. Yeah, because you can't just sit around and and hope or or hope that that guy's going to come back, right? Like you have to be proactive. Especially in this day and age, you have to go out and say, "Okay, this guy's not coming back. Here's what we're gonna do." And then, if he does come back, great. Then you figure it out or you work out. However, but I don't think you can go into a situation like this, whether it was McCuller, whether it's Jalen Wilson, whoever it is for KU. Like, you have to you have to operate if you're Bill Self under the assumption that that guy is not coming back. Just because you have to be you have to be thinking proactively. You have to th- be thinking about your team going into the future, and so. If he does come back, great, but I don't think KU can afford to operate under the assumption that he might even have a chance of coming back. They have to yeah. play this as if he's gone. Yeah, so when I say like the scholarships will figure themselves out, I'm not saying KU should just you know grab five, six guys. Like At that <laughs> point, they might not figure themselves out, right? But if you view it as this scholarship is open, we're not yeah, banking like it's, on McCullough to come back. It's one or two scholarships. Right. right, and then if you go, oh, Kevin does surprise you and come back, then is where the you'll figure it out from there. Like there's there's enough routes and avenues that they can uh, make it work. Uh, this all also for Mike. P.S. Saw his profile on the Athletic, which is really high on him. Any thoughts on Butler transfer wing Simus Lukosius for KU? Uh, I haven't really seen much about him. I don't even think KU's been linked to him at all. Really, uh, I don't know. Maybe you know more. Yeah. Uh, so no. I, uh, to be clear, I have not seen anything about KU um, on him. So, who knows? But I will say, yeah, I saw that uh, the athletic uh, little blurb on him in their transfer portal rankings. And uh, here's parts of the blurb. I don't want to give away the whole thing. Um, Lukosius played in the highest league in Germany before Butler. He's the son of a coach. It shows he's the type of player that gets coaches to say the international game is ahead of us in teaching the game. He really knows how to move without the ball, read screens, and read defenses. After shooting only 26.5% from three as a freshman, he bumped that up to 37.8% this year and I believe has the potential to go even higher. He's got a high repeatable release and is always on balance. The real fun happens when he puts the ball on the floor, bodies bounce off him, and the way he moves with the ball and his footwork reminds me some of Jaime Jaquez. Hmm, That's a nice little comp. Uh, <laughs> at Butler last season, for not a very good Butler team, uh, he averaged 11.5 points per game, four rebounds, three assists, shot 38% from three-point range, 80% at the foul line, also averaged a steal per game. And if you look at his synergy profile, there's you know a lot more to like in terms of how he would fit KU. Um, really good spot-up shooter. Actually was a pretty good defender. Um, his defensive numbers on synergy have him in the 88th percentile on defense, 87th percentile in man-to-man defense. Um, as far as some of those play types, 83rd percent, no, 95th percentile in spot-up shooting. On spot-up threes this past season, he went 36 of 81, which is 44.4%. He, uh, not really somebody who creates his own bucket, only 15th percentile in isolation, 18th percentile in transition, so he's not really an athlete. 
He's yeah. basically just a spot-up shooter for you who plays good team defense. Now, he's like 6'6", 230. I don't know if you play him at the 3 or the 4. If you're playing him at the 4, only 4 rebounds per game. I don't know yeah. if you love that. He's not a great athlete. If you play him at the 3, you maybe worry about some of the foot speed there, both on offense and on defense. But again, he's a good team defender at the very least. He is somebody who is of interest to me, but it doesn't feel like the, the staff is that interested. Yeah. And also with some other options out there, I, I feel like it's not really something I'm I'm spending much time on. Yeah, and, and it sounds like, you know, some of those stuff sounds great, but the athletic part of it may kind of be a drawback, right? I, I think mean, KU wants it, to be an athletic team. Yes. And and, and I mean and can you blame them? Like look at no. the rest of the Big Twelve. Like I mean, look at the teams that have been successful in the Big Twelve. I mean, TCU was athletic, Baylor was super athletic, Texas, right? Like those are the teams that have been successful. And so I, I, I agree with you. I get the sense that KU wants to be more athletic or have some athletic, more athlete-type guys on their team, which doesn't sound like he would maybe really fit that mold necessarily. This one from Theo. What should a KU fan who enjoys the NBA playoffs but has no favorite team be rooting for this playoffs? Okay, this is great because that's me. That's that's me. Okay. I don't have an Let's NBA team, and I'm a KU guy. Okay. Do you just root for the teams with KU guys? Generally, yes. So, like, this playoffs, uh, I'm definitely rooting for Philadelphia because of Joel right. Embiid. And I just love. I just like Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid's fun to watch. I think it would be really fun from a KU perspective to see Golden State play Philadelphia where you get Wiggins versus Embiid. That would be interesting. I think that'd be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, those two guys, yeah. I think, okay, so the way, listen, this is this is my approach. If I am watching a playoffs of any sporting event and I don't have a rooting interest uh, necessarily, what I will normally do is I'll normally just pick like a team from each side of the quote-unquote bracket, basically. So like for one team from the East, one team from the West. So my East team is going to be Philadelphia, I think. And then my West team could be either Golden State or Denver mm. because Denver has Christian Brown and they're, you know, it's fun, yeah, fun to call. watch, you know. And I, and I, and I think – you, you mentioned the, the matchup between Joel Embiid and Andrew Wiggins. Well, what about Joel Embiid versus Jokic in the finals? Yeah. I mean, that'd be pretty sweet, right? Yeah. Plus, you get the Christian Brown aspect of it. And, dude, who doesn't love Christian Brown? The guy is just, he's just awesome. He just, yeah. he's just, a, he's just a, a maniac. So, I, I would say that's probably my, my rooting interest or, you know, what I would be most interested in uh, would be the Sixers with Embiid and the Nuggets. But yeah, I mean, Golden State too, right? Um, would be, fu- would be fun with Wiggins. So are we missing uh, anybody? I guess kind of my Morris, approach. Morris is. Well, uh, I forget there, if it's Marcus or Markeith is on the Clippers, but they're out now. Yeah, well, isn't there somebody on the Cavs? But the uh, Cavs are out too. I mean, they drafted Ochai right, but then he got traded to the Jazz. Um, oh yeah, I guess that's true. I don't know. I feel they're, like the, the Cavs Heat always don't have anybody. I don't think. Uh, is Marcus Garrett still floating around? I don't know. Yeah, so I think those would be the ones. I think those would be the ones. If you if you're specifically yeah. looking for KU players, otherwise yeah. if you're if you're just looking for just Again, pick I a fun team. Pick I think if team. you're looking for yeah. most excitement, Embiid versus Jokic in the yeah. finals. To me, that fun. would be the most exciting. I'm cool with that. Uh, last one from Ben that we'll have time for today. The rest of them, apologies, we will get to next week. In lieu of the NFL draft, who will be the highest KU player drafted in 2024? I believe Inter- this is football, obviously. Interesting. Yep. Uh, interesting. Okay. So let's say Jalen Daniels has a great year mm-hmm. and KU is 9 and 3, 10 and 2, whatever. Jalen Daniels is like a Heisman candidate. He declares. How high would he go, do you think? I think there would be certain limitations based on the size. And even if he gets through this year healthy, it still is going to be held against him, some of the durability concerns, because there's been an injury. So, like, is he like a what? A. 
third, fourth round guy at that point? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he definitely has the arm strength of somebody who is bigger. He's got mobility. Um, but what, yeah, like, yeah, what's probably third or fourth round. Third round? Well, I guess ceiling, Second you could round? say I mean, if Bryce he's Young like, was that size. I mean, if he you finishes, know? like, like you know, top four in the Heisman voting. Right. Then maybe second, maybe second round? round pick? It sounds crazy. But I, I don't know. I, it, I, I mean, exactly. I know it, it sounds crazy just because with KU football, it's it's never <laughs> it's never happened. Right. right? It's like it's like whoa, KU football could have a second round pick. Like what? Yeah, I think probably third to fourth round would be kind of the the height of it there. Okay, so let's set aside Jalen Daniels. Who else do you think has a has a chance to go pretty? Um, high? I feel like there will be guys that have a chance to get drafted, like Kenny like Logan, Kenny Logan Mike Nowitzki, maybe Dominic Pooney, but I, I don't think any like of those Kenny would be Logan's like... Kenny Logan's a third-day guy, probably. Right, right. I think Nowitzki's in the case of all those guys. Probably I mean, they're interior offensive linemen. They just don't go as high for, yeah. for those guys. Yeah. I guess, hypothetically, if Logan Brown started and hit, I mean, he's he's got the body, he's got the prospect pedigree, former five-star recruit, Yeah. that if he had a great season, those are the type of guys that you do see go on, like, day two or day one of the draft, so... Uh, he would be somebody to keep an eye on. Maybe if there's like a breakout season for like a Jeremy Robinson or something, he could be drafted. So probably like, what about Lawrence but, Arnold? Does do anything for you? I mean, he's got the big body. I think he'd have to have a really great year. Yeah, though. let's say he has uh, 1,100 I mean, yards. Let's say he'd have to have like you know 60 plus receptions. Uh, oh, 1,100. You know, over 1,100 yards, yards, 10, 10 touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah, 10, 12. Could touchdowns. he be a, a day two pick? Got the size. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Devin Neal. Yeah, I mean, right. maybe. Hmm. I don't know. There's some interesting guys. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Lawrence Arnold. I'll throw one out there just for the fun of it. Yeah, I don't want to pick Jalen Daniels just because I don't want to live in a world where he declares. Oh, what about Mason Fairchild? So. Mm, yeah. I yeah. mean, if he if he had taken another step forward, I, what's a bit, again like back to the Jalen Daniels thing? Like, what's his ceiling? Like fourth round, maybe third fourth round, but that could be the highest. <laughs> yeah, I guess that. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah, because like. Uh, in terms of guys who I have the most confidence will get drafted, I would probably say like Kenny Logan. But I don't think I don't think unless Kenny Logan just ha- is like an All American, he's uh, going to be Bryant. Yeah, teams are always looking for corners. Yeah, All Big Twelve first team last year <clears throat> takes another step this year. That just actually like, is going to be my answer. Kobe unless Bryant. unless Kenny Logan is like an All American, I have confidence he'll probably get drafted. But in like what like the sixth or seventh round? Mm-hmm. So like I don't is that going to be the highest? I I don't know. I don't Depends. Know. If they have a great season, they're going to probably have multiple guys drafted <laughs> and, and probably higher than that. that, that but if they go wild. five and seven, then maybe six or seventh <laughs> round is, you know, it's kind of all dependent. <laughs> Team success does help out because usually that means the individuals are playing better, too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That's our KU mailbag. We'll have uh, more questions coming at you later next week. Back to some RCST trivia, though. Six matchups on today's edition of the show. We'll start next in the four o'clock hour. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. Four o'clock hour, you're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN, KLWN.com, KLWN app, or in the best of RCST podcast. And we're back for our first of six matchups today with RCST trivia. The first of which is going to be an 8-9 matchup between Paul Stevens and Dalton Jasper. Then we'll have Sam Oliver versus Tyler Kring, Ryan Brown versus Derek Ho, Garrett Neese versus Kyle Brooks, Blake Farrell versus Calder Mallon, and Nick Schwert versus Justin Waysmuth. Our RCST trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River App Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. 
So uh, eight nine matchups always good. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. say this. I, so Dalton Jasper, this will be his third appearance. He's a seasoned vet. You never count those guy out. Goes guys out. Paul Stevens is my dark horse in this tournament. Okay. I actually, I, I filled out a bracket a couple days ago. Yeah, he filled out and put it up in the yeah, studio. Yeah, I have it hanging yep. up in the studio. I have Paul in the finals. Mm, and you might be wondering okay. why. Well, why is he an eight seed? You know? Last year was his first ever appearance in trivia. Okay. He got a 16 seed. He played Eric Hansey, our at that point defending champion. He took him to the really hard round. So I think there's a lot there. I actually have an Eric versus Paul rematch. Mm. And what was the first round rematch that would be, happening in the title game? That'd be a great storyline, story right? Yeah, that'd be a great storyline. Yeah. But I you know, you never know. Like maybe the questions go to Dalton. Dalton, like yeah. I said, seasoned vet. Yeah, maybe maybe last year, you know, the questions were more contoured to Paul, and this year maybe not so much. Yeah. You never know. You know like so. some it, it's harder with guys who have just that one game sample size. Yes. Because it could have just been that was it, their day, yep. right? You don't yep. know. They could have so. just got hot from from that, from beyond the arc that day, and you know that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. So we'll find out. Winner of this will take the winner of uh, Ryan versus Derek. Let's get into our first matchup of the day. So we've got the eight nine matchup between Paul Stevens and Dalton Jasper. Eight nines are always good ones. Uh, Dalton, let's start with you. This is your third entrance in RCST trivia. You're trying to get your first advancement here. Um, what are your thoughts on your seed, on your path here? Have you done any, anything differently than in years past? I like where I'm seeing that. I've just done a lot more research on like some past stuff, some stuff I need to. From I say from my before my childhood, childhood on I'm pretty good with, but before I just want to go over more knowledge and go over some stuff I had some questions about. And you got a KU jersey on right now. What what number are you wearing? Uh, Devonte Graham's number four. All right. Well. I wonder if there's going to be any Devontae Graham questions today. I'm not sure. They just come out random to me. All right, Paul, meanwhile, you're making your second trivia appearance. And, you know, I, I always say that this is a, a multi-year thing because sometimes if you join last minute or you join later, we don't have a track record on you. You get put to a lower seed than you should be. You were a 16 seed last year, but you took our defending champ at the time, our number one seed, Eric, to the really hard round. You went four and one on questions before falling. So even though... You wound up with a first round loss. You clearly proved yourself and, and earned a much higher seed here as an eighth seed. Uh, have you done anything extra to get ready for this year's edition? You know, last year I, I studied, I got a good night's sleep. I was ready to go. Last night I went to the draft. So a lot of that knowledge I think left me. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens, but it is a little different when you're not going against a one seed. You can kind of uh, not take it easy because Dalton is, is a worthy opponent, but it's not the same amount of pressure. Yeah, well, you could have a one seed next round if you win it. That could be the case for either of you guys here. Um, Paul, do you remember what was the question you went out on last year? Do you, do you it remember was that? An 80, it was from an 86, and it was like, who led the team in scoring? I think it was either Kellogg or Thompson, and I picked mm -hmm. Thompson, I think. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Yep. Those are the I tough was running ones. out of my knowledge ones. anyway, so it was eventually going to hit a point where I didn't know an answer because it was hard. It was getting tough. So. All right. Well, let's get into the matchup. Dalton, you are the lower seed, so you have the option here. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I'll go second. Okay. Dalton's going second. That means, Paul, you're going first. We'll start in the really easy category. First up for you, Paul. Name one of the players who is a newcomer, so a new player to this past season's Kansas basketball team, the 2022 to 23 team. Mm. Grady Dick. 
Grady Dick works. That is a correct answer. Grady Dick, a newcomer. He was a freshman on the team. All right, Dalton, so for you. I was like, did you want an actual newcomer as opposed to freshman? But yeah, freshman. Yeah, yep, just needed anybody new. Could have been him, Kevin McCuller, whatever. Um, okay, uh, Dalton, this one for you. Name one of the players who was not a newcomer on this past year's KU basketball team. Uh, Dewan Harris. Yep, Dewan Harris works. All right, you guys knocked those out, knocked them out quickly. Those were easy. That's why they're in the really easy. All right, on to the easy round. Back to you, Paul. This KU seven-foot center led the Jayhawks in both blocks at four and steals at two in the 2012 National Championship game. What's his name? Just thinking through it, I think I know the answer. Is it Withy, Jeff Withy? Withy is the correct answer. The keyword there being seven foot center. Center and was yeah. the big one, yeah. yeah. Yep, that was. So Jeff Withy, the correct answer. All right, Dalton, back to you in the easy round. This KU starting center, who wore the number 33, logged a double-double of 13 points and 11 rebounds in KU's 2017 NCAA tournament first round win. Be Landon Lucas. Landon Lucas is the correct answer. A couple of center questions there. And just like that, you guys are both undefeated. You guys are knocking these out with ease. On to the medium round we go. Things start to get a little more interesting here. All right, back to you, Paul. Who led Kansas in 2022 to 23, so this past season, in steals per game at 2.2 per game? I have two that come to mind right away. They can steals per game. It's gotta be Dewan, but yeah, Dewan Harris. Dewan Harris is the correct answer. Okay, I'm guessing the other guy you were going through your mind was Kevin McCuller? Yes, but I couldn't think of games that he would have missed. I know I know Harris had more total, but I couldn't think of any games that he would have missed up of that average, so. All right, Dewan Harris, the correct answer. All right, Dalton, to you to move us to the hard round. Who led Kansas in 2022 to 23, so this past season, in blocks per game at 0.8 per game? I'm going to say Ernest Uday. Unfortunately, that is incorrect. The correct answer is KJ Adams, starting center at the five position. And uh, that, 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 that was the reasoning for the two questions there. With, with the steals, you had the two options, basically, of Dewan or Kevin with the blocks. You probably were going to guess KJ or, or Ernest in there. Uh, Dalton, after hearing that it was KJ Adams, what are your thoughts? Um, I was down to those two, and I just should have taken my time a little more considering KJ was the starter and probably should have went with that one. But oh Yeah, well. but I was thinking Uday – I was thinking the same thing. Like he played, he didn't play as many games, but he had a lot of blocks. Yeah, that's that's a toughie. So, Paul, if you would have got that question, would you have guessed Uday as well? Uh, I don't know. It would have been between those two, but yeah, I was actually thinking Dewan because he had a ton of blocks too randomly for a small guy, and I was like, maybe both answers are Dewan, but he always seemed to have the Dalton. Black. Dalton, if you would have got the first question, uh, would you have guessed Dewan or Kevin? 
Dewan. Yeah, I sometimes the, easier of the two. Yeah. Yeah, luck of luck of the draw coming at you there. Well, guys, we appreciate you joining. Paul, we'll we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Dalton, we hope we get you back next year. We'll get you that first first round victory. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. All right, so ends in the medium round. Um, did I put the kibosh on them? I said they were going through the the easy mm, round. Yeah, easy. You did say you did <laughs> say they were going through it really easily, and then as soon as that they hit the medium round, uh, they missed it. You know, but that, I mean that's a tough one, right? I mean, those are two questions where. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, probably one or the other, but it's not a guarantee that you, right? Unless you literally look up the stats ahead of time, like it could have easily been Kevin McCuller. You even said to yeah. yourself off air that you might have guessed Kevin McCuller if you got that question. Yeah, about. I'll be honest. I uh, I thought the steel one was going to be harder because I would have, before I put this question together, obviously when you put the question together, then you learn the answer. Before <laughs> I put this question together, I thought the answer was Kevin McCuller, to be yeah. honest. So I thought that was yeah. funny that they said the block one was harder because to me, the block one made sense. Ernest and Zuby didn't play. Ernest and Zuby actually finished tied third on the team in blocks. Funny yeah. enough, Kevin McCuller actually finished second on the <laughs> yeah. team in blocks. Um, but KJ was just, I mean, I think KJ was pretty good at getting blocks. Oh, I think it's definitely a question where you can just easily overthink it, right? right. Like KJ was a starting five. Think about it. KJ played, what, 30 minutes per game? Yep. yep. Ernest and Zuby played when they played five to 10. Exactly. It's just yeah. a I mean, game. I mean, Ernest, what, even towards the end when he was playing more, was playing like max 15 minutes a game. Yeah. Right, so yeah, he's so in I the think 10 those range. Were fair. I think so. Those were yeah, fair. I think I think the block one is is one where you just can easily psych yourself out. But yeah, to me the steals one is interesting because listen, Dewan Harris was defensive player of the year, but it's not like Kevin McCuller was a bad defender. No. Right, he was he was fantastic. He was so good at ripping the ball. Think about yes. all the plays where a big man would be matched up on him and he drive and in he would and he'd rip and the dip, ball down. Yep, you know yep. what I mean? Like he was just so good at that. So yeah, so those are, those are two two tough questions I think for different reasons uh, where you probably had maybe a 50 chance to get it right and. Just unfortunate there for uh, for Dalton. Yep. All right, well, Paul's moving on. He's going to take on the winner of Ryan Brown and Derek Ho. We'll have that matchup, not so next, but the one I after. I thought it was funny. Paul mentioned how he didn't have the pressure of facing a one seed. Well, no, he, he, he could, yeah. <laughs> if the one seed advances, he's going to have to play a one seed in the second round now. Yeah, we'll see. But maybe it helps you get a little momentum behind yeah. you. You get yeah. a little, uh, a little more confidence under your belt. Yeah, yep. that's yep. for sure. All right, we have a matchup between a 4-13 coming up next. Those are always pretty good ones in the tournament. We had Furman beat Virginia this past year. We'll see if Tyler Kring can pull the upset on Sam Oliver or if Sam will get rolling again to uh, his previous success when he made a grade eight back in our inaugural version of RCST Trivia. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Trivia is brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print and Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. Back for that next matchup. On the other side, this is KLWN. Depend on it. Matchup two of the day of our six total for RCST Trivia features a four-seed Sam Oliver and a 13-seed Tyler Kring. Our title sponsors for RCST Trivia are Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, River Rat Print and Skate, and 23rd Street Brewery. So Sam has gone three and two all-time in trivia. He's on 16 and two on questions. But what's interesting with Sam is it's it's the ultimate kind of boomer bust. He went 13 and one on questions, his first ever appearance, made it to the grade eight. But then last year he did go three and one, so he lost in the hard round. You know, respectable there, but he lost yeah. in the first round. Mm. So what what do we expect now? What do we expect against a 13 seed in Tyler who we haven't seen before? Yeah, I don't know. This this is a curious matchup because you're right. Tyler's a first time entrant into the tournament, and so because of that, we we don't know what to expect from him. And with Sam, right, like. Is it that crazy to think that Tyler could come in and, and deliver an upset blow here against Sam? I don't think so, right? I mean, I think this is definitely an upset alert matchup uh, that we had when we put the bracket together, one to keep an eye on. And so 
I'm, I'm really curious, right? What form are we going to get from Sam? Are we going to get uh, Virginia versus UMBC form? Or are we going to get Virginia national <laughs> title form? Who knows? We'll find out. I made the, the, the Furman... Virginia. Well, that was a 413, so that that's, would not yeah, be a good Furman, sign there. Yeah, that's true. Furman. Well, if we do get Sam Oliver advancing, and then if Samuel Davis advances, we would get the battle Sam of the Sams Sam. at that yeah. point in the second round. Um, but Honestly, I love the I love the, the same name matchup. I think that's awesome. I know. They're great. Um, this bracket's moving along. This is the River at Prince in skate region. We had Jared advance yesterday. Isaac advanced the other day. Paul advanced earlier today. We're going to have uh, the 215 matchup later on. Yeah. We're going to have the 116, and then obviously this one here. We're, we're going to almost have a, a complete bracket in the River at Prince skate uh, bracket. So uh, that'll be fun. With that being said, let's get into the matchup. So we've got a 413 matchup. Sam Oliver taking on Tyler Kring. Sam, this is your third appearance in trivia. You went all the way to the grade eight in year one. Slightly different format with more Big 12 related questions. Last year, you lost in the first round, but you went to the hard round. You played a 15 seed who we hadn't known from before. That ended up being Garrett Nice, who uh, made it to the grade eight, and this year is all the way up to a two seed. So uh, did you use that last year as any extra motivation to get ready for this season? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Um, you know, getting knocked by 15 seats tough, but knowing Garrett was, uh, he knew his stuff. So there's nothing to hang my head on that. But, uh, you know, with Tyler being a new contestant as well, you know, who knows, he could be uh, he could be our next uh, Cinderella story. So um, just uh, excited to be here and yeah. Well, uh, Nick, my co-host made the comparison that you're Virginia. You went far one year and then you lost in the, the first round the next year. Virginia was a four seed this year in the tournament, lost to a 13. What do you have to say about that comparison? You know, I, uh, I was hoping you'd go for maybe a UConn comparison, but uh, Virginia, that's all right. I, you know, it's comparisons could be thrown out the window at the, you know, right when it gets kicked off. So who knows what's going to happen. Well, maybe it is the UConn. UConn a four seed as well. They lost in the first round last year, so that could be a good one. Tyler, this is your first entry in RCST trivia. How would you describe your KU basketball fandom and knowledge? Uh, I don't know. I uh, grew up in Lawrence, big KU fan, but my memory sucks. So, I mean, really could go either way. Do you feel like you're properly seated as a 13 seed? Should you be higher, lower? Maybe lower. I don't know. 13 feels about right. Not super confident. Right, playing it coy. Last time we had a well, last time we had a 13 seed play at coy like that, they almost pulled the upset over uh, Brian Rainey and went to the really hard round. So we'll see what we got in store for us here. Um, with that being said, Tyler, you are the lower seed, so you're gonna have the option. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Uh, let's just go first. All right, rip the Band-Aid off. I mean, Sam, you're up second, so we'll start in the really easy category. First up with you, Tyler. Right. Who led Kansas in points per game this past season? Uh, Jalen Wilson. That is the correct answer. Jalen Wilson led KU with about 20 points per game this past season. Okay, Sam, for you in the really easy column, who led Kansas in assists per game this past season? Juan Harris. Juan Harris is the correct answer. Probably could have been easy as opposed to really easy, but whatever. Close enough. All right. You guys knocked him out. On to the easy round we go. This one for you, Tyler. What's the name of this former KU walk-on related to Bill Self, who scored five points in the 2017 NCAA tournament first round off the bench? Tyler Self? 
Yeah, Tyler Self. Uh, I promise we did not set that up for you to get a question with your own name in it. It just came out that way. But you got it right. Tyler Self, the correct answer. I think he was on one shiny moment for that. He like banked in a three, maybe yeah. Davis or something. All right. Thanks. On to you, Sam. What's the name of this former KU wing from Ukraine who made a game-winning layup despite taking lots and lots of steps for Kansas to beat Kansas State on January 3rd, 2017? Yeah, that's uh, Sviatoslav Mikhailuk. Yep, Svi would have been acceptable as well, but bonus points for uh, going with the full name for uh, Sviatoslav Mikhailuk. And uh, yeah, all right, 2-0 for both of you. We go to the medium round. Last time I said contestants were knocking everything out of the park, then I jinxed them, and then we lost in the medium round. So I'm not going to say that this time. Okay, back to you, Tyler, in the medium round of questions. This Jayhawk wore the number 11 jersey from 2001 to 2005 and totaled 1,183 career points, 954 career assists, but saw his career come to a close with a loss to Bucknell. What's his name? Aaron Miles. Aaron Miles is the correct answer. Aaron Miles had a great career at KU. I think the Big 12 all-time leader in uh, assists. Who knows? That could be a trivia question down the road. I think it probably already has been. All right, Sam, back to you to stay alive and to move to the hard round. This Jayhawk guard wore the number 15 jersey from 2009 to 2013, totaling 942 career points, 399 career assists, and saw his career come to a close with a loss to Michigan. Uh, Elijah Johnson. Elijah Johnson is the correct answer. Love the last name there. All right, Elijah was the correct answer. And just like that, we're moving on to the hard round. This is where things get really intense. We pick up the mood. We pick up music here for RCST Trivia. Fun 413 matchup between Sam Oliver and Tyler Kring. The winner of this will take on the winner of our 512 between Samuel Davis and Dalton Kane. All right, back to you, Tyler, into the hard round. What jersey number did Tarek Black wear at Kansas? Ooh. Uh, 34? That is unfortunately incorrect. The correct answer is 25. 25 was his jersey number. Those jersey number questions are tough. They're always tough every year. All right, Sam, you got a chance to win in the hard round. You lost in the hard round last year. Chance for redemption right now. Sam, what jersey number did Kelly Oubre wear at Kansas? Uh, I think he was 12, right? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm going to go 12. All right. That was mean of me. I tried to psych you out. The correct <laughs> answer is 12. 12, the correct answer for Kelly Oubre. So a couple of one-year guys playing, I think, back-to-back seasons for KU. And 12, the correct answer. Sam, you get a win in the same round you lost in last year. Uh, what does it feel like moving on? Man, it feels great. I, th- I think I got lucky getting the Uber question because I was—I uh, probably would have guessed 35 for uh, Black, but, um, you know, I had to survive in advance. But uh, great effort from Tyler, man. Hope to see you next year for sure. Yeah, man. Sometimes it's luck of the draw with those questions, and that's part of this. It, it sometimes can be random. Sometimes it's your year. Sometimes it's not. Tyler, if you would have got those reversed, would you have gotten the Kelly Oubre one? Yeah, I think so. I had 12. I wasn't super mm. sure, but I thought it was 12, but that's all right. 
luck of the draw. That's true. Well, I I think the very least, you, you said you thought you were properly seated. I think you should have been seated higher. And I, I hope we get you back next year because I think you know your stuff. And I think you'll get a higher seat if you come back next year. And we hope to have you back. Yeah, I'll be back. All right. Love it. Love it when guys declare early. Uh, Sam, meanwhile, in round two, I mean, we don't know. It's a 5-12 matchup. Weird things happen. Dalton can pull the upset. But if you do get the matchup with Samuel, so you you go by Sam. Uh, the other Sam usually goes by Samuel. Would you like to agree to a bet if that matchup happens that you have to go by Samuel if you lose and he has to go by Sam if he loses? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, my legal name's Samuel, so, I mean, I can't uh... – yeah, it's a bet I'm I'm feeling okay placing for sure. But uh yeah, this is this bracket is loaded, man. This this region is is gonna be tough all the way through. So um ready for the matchup, whoever it is. All right. Well, Sam, we'll see you in a few weeks. Tyler, uh sorry the questions didn't go your way this time, but like we said, looking forward to seeing you next year. That's all right. Thanks, guys. Man, that's that's tough for Tyler. Dude, that was a good matchup. That was a good matchup. That was. And I have no doubt that Tyler, if whenever he comes back, he'll be a much higher. Seat. Yes, he'll, he'll be a threatening. You know, I could see Tyler making a deep run next year. Yes, I absolutely. really could. Yeah. And sometimes I, I do feel like the jersey number questions are probably the most, like that is the most half court shot of our yeah, tournament. It's like you know? either you know it or you just have right. to throw out a number. You throw out a number, and there's fifty numbers that you're fifty five <laughs> numbers that you could guess. I guess with zero and double zero, fifty seven numbers that you could guess. Yeah. So it just makes it really tough. Um, and, and it's, it's tough because both those numbers are like not common number. Well, I guess Tarek Black with 25 is sort That's of common, like Brandon common, Rush, Danny Manning, yeah. you think back to a bunch of guys who've worn that, but yeah. 12 is like not a common number at all with Kelly Oubre. No, I really honestly know. And with Oubre, you do have the more notoriety because he's a first round pick five-star crew with Tarek Black. I remember he was very beloved by Kansas. He was also a starter still and both yeah. one year guys. So not yeah. guys that you like when you think of Devonte Graham wearing number four or something like that gets yeah. ingrained because he was in the program for four years yeah definitely the one year guys on the jersey questions and i mean that's why it's in the hard category right it's they have, were there for one year and you gotta you gotta know it yeah for sure so that was a tough one for uh tyler for sure so does this mean sam is going to be making a deep run do you think i guess so like once he, yeah. he once he gets going he's yeah. tough to stop yeah um yeah. i mean he's 20 and 2 now all time on questions so are you are you predicting him do you think he'll make a deep run i how far did you have him going in your in your bracket you created uh, gosh, I'd have to remember, but I think I might have had him in the great eight or phenomenal four. Well, I mean, I he got the first win, so maybe he keeps it rolling, you know? Yeah, for sure. No, I no wait, I had him in the sizzling 16. I had Paul because I, I forgot oh, you about that. Paul. Yeah, yeah, I had you Paul, Paul going by him, but I mean. I had that sizzling 16 match, but I, I think whoever wins that one, I would have going to the phenomenal. I don't know. Isaac is tough to, to out. I had Isaac in the, the grade eight, which. Yeah. I, okay. Might feel is too the Riverette, I, I think we mentioned this yesterday, the yeah. Riverette Print and Skate region being the most wide open. Is it the most wide open because it's got the most depth of talent, right? You've got Isaac as a three. You've got Nick Schwartz as a two, who I know is the villain everyone mm-hmm. wants him to lose, but you have to respect the fact that he's a, he's a quality. Mm, I, I choose team. not to respect it, but yeah, okay. You got the four seed Sam Oliver, and we have—that's not even considering the one seed in that region, right? So, yeah. is it is it the most wide open because of the depth of talent? It might be. I mean, we called the uh, upper right region, which is the Pella windows and doors region, the bracket of death. Yeah, maybe this is the bracket of death. Yeah, yeah, could be. Well, the bracket of death in the Pella windows and doors region doesn't look as bad now because we had an upset, right? right. 
So, you know, maybe this maybe this region, River Rat and Print and Skate, is actually going to be the toughest region. Yeah, it might be. It might be. All right, once again, RCST Trivia, our title sponsors, Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, and River Rat, Print and Skate. We'll be back for our third of six matchups. We've got our second one seed going at it. Ryan Brown made it all the way to the Phenomenal Four in his trivia debut last year. He's taken on a new trivia debutante. That would be... A guy who I like his first name, Derek. He is uh, a 16 seed making his trivia debut. We'll get to that on the other side with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depending on it. Welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN, KLWN.com, and the KLWN app, or in the Best of RCST podcast, wherever you find any of your podcasts. We have our third trivia matchup coming up. It's a 116 matchup between Ryan Brown and Derek Ho. Last time we were supposed to have a 116, we didn't end up having the matchup, so I guess knock on wood that we do end up actually having it this time. <laughs> uh, so that would be a uh, positive. Real quick, though, one of our title sponsors, Pella Windows and Doors. Next trivia question, what Windows and Doors provider has been serving Kansas since 1957? The answer, your locally owned Pella Windows and Doors of Kansas with six showrooms across the state from Lawrence to Dodge City. Got a Windows and Doors project? Pella Kansas is here, locally owned and proudly serving Jayhawks for over 65 years with Windows and Doors solutions for every home and any budget. Schedule your free consultation at PellaKS, PellaKansas.com. So uh, the winner of this will take on Paul, and it'll be interesting for Ryan. So Ryan was a newcomer last year, made it all the way to the Phenomenal Four, then lost his Phenomenal Four game, lost his third-place game, technically on a two-game losing streak, but he had an unbelievable debut last season and was one who beat Doug in the uh, Grade 8 a season ago, 17-2 and on trivia questions. Meanwhile, Derek, he's he's an unknown commodity. He's yeah. a uh, first-time entrant into this thing. Um, what are kind of your thoughts on this matchup? Well, with these types of matchups, you know, they might always might not always be the most flashy matchup, but what I do like about it is we're going to get somebody new in, right? We're going to get somebody new, and that's what I like about uh, some of these lower seed matchups is because, like, when we had the matchup with Brian against, uh, who it was against Garrett, I think. Yeah, the, Brian yeah, against Garrett, Garrett Hart. Yep. And Garrett Hart ended up being, you know, a guy that, potentially could have easily been like a much higher seed, right? Our 13 really, she- seeds have shown out so yeah, far. Yeah. yeah. So that so what I like about these matchups is while they're not as flashy on paper, you're getting somebody new in there and it's it's fun to to have new people come on and, and, and test their metal against some of some of the uh more veteran, I guess shall we say, uh contestants on in trivia. But yeah, so even though this matchup may not on paper be like, whoa, you know, exciting matchup, you never know. Okay. Well let's get into the matchup next. So it's a one sixteen matchup. Our second one seed to go. We had Eric get by Chad. Well, got by himself technically, but <laughs> in the first round. This is our first real one sixteen matchup here. Ryan Brown, who made his trivia debut last year, made it all the way to the Phenomenal Four. He also did well in the football edition, seventeen and two on questions here in basketball. And he's facing a newcomer in Derek Ho. And this is Derek's first edition of RCST Trivia. Uh, I want to start with you, Derek. You're a 16 seed. Uh, I I wouldn't take any fault into that. It's just based on, you know, a myriad of different things. Uh, But do do you feel like you're under-seeded here? Do you you feel like you should be a better seed? Uh, I'm I'm not really sure. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of good competitors out there. Um, I mean, I am new to this, so um, I mean, I'm not surprised that I did get seeded to a 16. Ryan, you're now a one seed, and you know last year you went in every round going, you know, I'm just hoping I don't miss the first question. Like I'm, I'm just kind of doing what I can, and, and wherever I go is where I go. Now there's maybe some added pressure being a one seed. Do you like seeing the one next to your name? No, not really, <laughs> um, not at all. So uh, 
I guess there's probably a little bit more pressure where last year I was house money, playing with house money the whole time. Yeah, uh, Derek, you, you go to KU right now. Uh, have you always been a KU fan growing up, or is this something that you became attached to when you started attending the University of Kansas? I actually started my KU um, affiliation in 03, um, the heartbreak national championship game. Um, I, I followed, you know, um, you know, a couple teams um, here and there, but I always kind of followed KU. Um, and then actually I was overseas for a while. And then uh, my wife wanted to get her master's and I'm like, well, okay. Uh, and then she chose KU and um, I was, I was actually more excited than she was <laughs> um, because I got to come to Lawrence um, and yeah, here we are. And um, she got her master's and I'm like, well, might as well get mine. So um, I've been a huge fan um, for a long time. So, well, and Ryan, we, we know you're a KU fan and we see it all over the wall behind you and everything like that. Um, so with that being said, let's get into the first matchup. And Derek, you are the lower seeds. So you have the option. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I'll, I'll go second. I'll defer to the one seed. Ryan. All right. So, Ryan, you're going to be off right on the bat. We'll start in the really easy column. To you, Ryan, who is the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks basketball team? Bill Self. That is correct. I guess if you would have answered Norm Roberts, would I have had to accept that? Maybe. (laughs) I don't know. Glad you didn't. Don't have to worry about that. All right. That was a really easy one. On to you, Derek. Who was the head coach? at Kansas prior to Bill Self before he left to North Carolina. Roy Williams. That's right. Good thing you started that that fandom in 2003, the final year of Roy Williams at KU. All right. Off the really easy round, on to the easy round we go. Back to you, Ryan. Ryan, in a season ended by COVID in the 2019-20 to season, what Jayhawk guard led the team with 18.1 points per game. I'm going to guess Dotson. Von Dotson is the correct answer. You were worried a bit there. What was going through your head? I didn't realize he scored that much. Yeah. Like, I thought it'd be maybe Yochai or something. Yeah. All right. For you, Derek, in that same 2019 to 20 season, so the year that got ended by COVID, what Jayhawk led the team with 10.5, 10 and a half rebounds per game? Doka Azubuki. That's right. Yudoka Azubuki, the correct answer there. All right. Off the COVID year, into the medium round, we go between our one seed, Ryan Brown, and our 16 seed, Derek Ho. All right, Ryan, back for you. Bill Self has only lost two Big 12 quarterfinal games. The most recent came in 2017 against what team? Ten seconds. Um, Texas Tech. 
It was a Texas school. Unfortunately, it was TCU. It was the Horn Frogs. It was the game that Josh Jackson was suspended for, and they lost in the Big 12 quarterfinals. All right, Derek, you have a chance to pull what I believe would be our second ever 16 over one upset in your trivia debut. Derek, for you, Bill Self has only lost two Big 12 quarterfinal games. The second was that TCU game. The first came in 2009 against what opponent that was and still is in the Big 12? Uh, Can you repeat the question, please? Bill Self has only lost two Big 12 quarterfinal games. The first came in 2009 against what opponent that was and still is in the Big 12? 10 seconds. I'm going to go with Baylor. Baylor is the correct answer. In 2009, and just like that, Derek, you come through with one of the biggest upset victories in RCST trivia history in your debut. Take me through that answer right there. Was that an educated guess? Did you remember the game? Uh, That was actually an educated guess. Um, I just remembered TCU, Iowa State, they weren't very good, I believe, at the, during that time. And I believe that was kind of the start of, like, Baylor kind of being good. Um, I, it was, yeah, it was just kind of a gut feeling. Um, but, yeah, uh, I'm surprised that was correct. I didn't I didn't remember, you know, studying that specific uh, year um, in terms of Big 12 tournament. But, uh, yeah, I'm glad I got it correct. If correct. you would have got the other question, the, the question about TCU, uh, the the second Big Twelve quarterfinal loss. Would you have got that correct? The funny thing is, my first inkling was TCU. Um, I thought it was I thought it was a Texas school because um, all of them were relatively decent um, at the time. Um, but yeah, I I would have guessed a Texas school. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if it would it would have been TCU or not. Ryan, after hearing the answer was TCU with the Josh Jackson suspended game, is that one that you are like, oh, man, how did I miss that? Or, or is it just one you wouldn't have gotten? I wouldn't have gotten it. I um, Would you have gotten I the other one, the, the Baylor one? Nope. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the big tournament, I don't really pay a whole lot of attention. I just figured quarterfinal, it was probably someone from the lower, you know, lower tier of the conference, and it, which would be one of those uh, – you know, Texas schools, frankly, besides yeah. Texas, one of the others. Well, uh, Ryan, I, I guess the, the positive here is that you still have all your prizes from last year and that, you know, you, you get a refresh. You said you didn't like having the pressure of the one next to your name. Now, next year, you, you get a, a seed where there's not as much pressure. So is that is that, I guess, a, a positive spin out of this? Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that's a very positive way to put it. I like that. Well, Derek, you're, you're moving on into the second round. Um, I, I don't know. What's going to be the celebration like tonight? Who's going to be the first person you tell that you advance to the second round? I'm probably going to tell my colleague uh, and then tell my wife. Um, <laughs> no celebration. I mean, I actually have homework <laughs> to do that's due on Sunday. So, um, yeah, it's back. It's back to the um, back to the studying, um, you know, the, uh, I know my next opponent, uh, whoever that is, um, I'm going to gonna safely assume that they know what they're talking about. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's back to the that back to studying. 
All right. Well, guys, we appreciate it. Derek, we'll see you in a few weeks. Ryan, uh, hope to see you back next year because we, we love having you in all these different trivia events. And I know today is not an indication of all your knowledge. Uh, thanks for having me. It's fun. All right. Thanks, guys. Wow. 16 over one upset. Uh, so, Hawkman, Jess Coffee, who is going to go later, he he hit us up on Twitter when we were talking about this the other day. So, he was the other guy that lost. He was the one, one seed. Right? And keep in mind, his 16 seed was now a six seed this year, and also that was a different format. Our first year we did it, it was KU and Big 12 trivia. Mm-hmm. So, it was a little bit different. Um, and again, that was year one where we didn't really have a track record yeah, on anyone. Yeah, didn't so, have any idea. You know, a, a one sixteen was the same as an eight nine that year. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. the exact same. Could it, have been. It, it, so this is our first. I feel like real one sixteen upset. Yes. Yeah. Insane. Which Insane. is that the the biggest upset in trivia in RCST trivia history? Like, I, I don't want to pile it, on. I don't well, want to pile okay. on Ryan. I don't want him Who to was, feel bad. So what but. seat was Doug when he made his big run? He was a. Eight or a nine seed. Okay. That was the second round matchup. Wasn't there somebody who was a 15? Yeah, Garrett was a 15 that made the grade eight last year. Yeah, so you could probably put him up there. But He was probably but, the best Cinderella story. Yes, but this might, this might be the biggest round upset. upset. For one yes. individual. For yeah. one one game, one matchup, this has got to be the, the biggest upset. Yes. And I think Derek, maybe, I don't even think he necessarily showed off all of his strengths in that matchup. No. I think he might have more that he can lean on in terms of his knowledge to, to maybe go even further. So yeah. I don't think this was like... I don't think this was a fluke from Derek, basically. I don't think it's going to be, oh, automatically Paul's going to get through to the, to the sizzle in 16 when he faces Derek. I think Derek has more to show. You know what would be funny? If we get a matchup between Derek and Nick in the grade eight, as we are Derek <laughs> and Nick. That would be we could get that. Nick would that mean that I'd have to root for Nick and you'd have to root for Derek? <laughs> yeah, I think we just have to at that point. We show up in shirts with our names on it and stuff. That would be pretty funny. Now, I will say, as far as those questions in the medium round, um, it's funny because as we were doing prep, those two questions that ended up being today in the medium round, those were the most debated, I think, because uh, there are a couple people that I I uh, talk to, uh, like I'll text about some of the questions, be like, are those uneven or whatever, so that we get, you know, between you looking at them, me yeah. looking at them, a couple other minds looking at them that are not obviously in the trivia tournament, um, just to try to make sure everything's good. And there was some pushback to me about the the second one, the Baylor one, that of course the TCU one was easier. Because mm. it was the Josh Jackson suspension game. Yeah. And so I was like, man, should I get rid of it? And so what instead we decided to do was add the qualifier to the second one about opponent that was and still is in the Big 12. Because then in theory, the TCU one was the sooner one. It was six years ago. Yeah. More notable, too, because yeah. no Josh Jackson. But it was technically a 1-11 in 11 guess. Or one in nine guests, because there were ten teams at the time. One in nine guests. Whereas the second one, if it's a current and former Big 12 team, that would mean it would be a one in seven guess, even yeah, though it was harder would, to remember. It would help you narrow it down. Right. Yeah. Interestingly so I enough, thought those were even, right? Yeah. Okay. Interestingly enough, the TCU game, I was a freshman that year, and I was working for KJHK, the student station, and I actually broadcasted that game. I was, ah. at, I was there. I was at the Sprint Center when they lost. See, so. it's funny because the person I talked to very much remembered the TCU one, but not the Baylor game. Yeah, second obviously, person I, I talked the TCU to, one just because I did it. Well, the second person I talked to was like, oh, I remember both those. I don't so, think I would have gotten Baylor out. right at all. If, I would if, not If have. I was asked these questions, I would have gotten TCU, I would not have gotten Baylor. I would not have, but I was also not a KU fan growing up. The per- second person I talked to was, and he remembered both, so yeah. I don't know. I think it's fine, but uh, you know, it sucks for Ryan. I, I hate not having him along because I love having him. He's yeah. a super nice, cordial guy that we love having in this event in, in long periods of time. And Yeah, and, and I don't think this loss reflects any about his knowledge. No, no, not like, at all. He made a phenomenal four. Exactly. Flags he, fly forever, right? Record, Banners fly, yes. hang forever. His track record has is set yes. in stone. He so. forever has that phenomenal four. I mean, uh, the the. Prior 
surprises that he accumulated last year that can hold him over yep. for this year too. Yep. Uh, As but, you said, banners hang forever. Yeah. Derek Ho, watch out. And that'll be a fun matchup. Derek Ho versus Paul. Yes, I think that might, as of right now, that's definitely our most intriguing second-round matchup, I think, for sure. Yeah, okay. He is Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST Trivia. Three matchups down, three matchups to go. This is KLWN, depending on it. Well, now I'm on high alert that we're just going to have a bunch of upsets after Derek gets by Ryan in the first round of the River at Printon Skate Region. We yeah. now move up to the 23rd Street Brewery Region, where we have a two-seed. Garrett Nice going against the 15 seed with Kyle Brooks. It was Garrett making a run to the grade eight as a 15 last year. Now he's a two seed, so we'll see how he does. Do you with think pressure. that uh, that makes him more wary of this matchup? Right, like in the back of oh, his yeah. mind, he's like, "Oh, you know, I was a 15 and I made this run, so like I can't take it lightly going up against a 15." Mm, so you think it helps him because he's I not going to overlook it? Yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it could help him because it's yeah. like you know, if you make a big run as that seed, and then the next the next tournament you're facing that seed, you should know. Okay, well, that's I did it, so definitely my opponent could be capable. That's a good point. Right? That's a good point. And, and, you know, Kyle is another one of those unknowns. We haven't seen him before in trivia, so we yeah. don't know. Yeah. He could be better than that. He could yeah. be properly seated. We'll, I also uh, think find that out. the winner of this game is going to, whoever wins it is, I think they're going to have a tough matchup with Eli. Yeah. I was pretty impressed with Eli in his first-round matchup. Eli so that's, did look very good. That's, that's going to be tough. All right, well, uh, before we get into the matchup, this episode or matchup, I guess, of RCST Trivia brought to you by one of our title sponsors, 23rd Street Brewery in the 23rd Street Brewery region. Great spot to watch the game. You can check out their patio with the weather starting to heat up into the summer. Bring your dog out there with the pup patio. We've got great service, great beer, absolute classics on the menu like the Fitzgerald Reuben or the Piper's Pipe and Hop Pasta. Anything you try there, I guarantee it'll be awesome. Check them out in Lawrence with 23rd Street Brewery. Into the matchup we go. So a 15-2 matchup. We already had one 15-seed upset a two-seed earlier with Brett Doze, who beat Doug Crumpton Murray. And nobody is more keen to that than the guy who's in the two-seed this year. That would be Garrett Nice, who was making his trivia debut last year, got a 15-seed, and made it all the way to the grade eight. He went 12-2 and on questions en route to being one step away from a phenomenal four. Uh, so, Garrett, now that you are in the other shoes here as a two-seed, does that make you, I don't know, a little more nervous that you've been on the other side of this? Or does it make you more knowledgeable that like, hey, I know what the other guy on this side can do and I got to take this seriously? Yeah, I mean, the seating really doesn't matter a whole lot because like last year I just signed up late and got a 15 <laughs> seed. So it, it kind of made sense. So you don't really know 15 doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that you're less knowledgeable it may just mean that you signed up later or something like that so so yeah you, you just gotta take take every opponent seriously yeah and, and last year that was a heck of a run for you um do, do you still remember the question you went out on does that stick in your brain at all yeah it was um should i say it in case it comes up again in the tournament <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess that's a good but that's strategy. You don't have to say it because it's, that could be I mean, a question. It's probably not gonna be asked today. Well, I mean, it, it could come about, up for your opponent. Who knows? So I can say I'll, I'll just I'll just say the question. I won't say the answer, but it was about how far. What's the furthest round that um, Paul Pierce made mm. it in the tournament at KU? Okay. Well, Kyle. Meanwhile, this is your trivia debut, and you're in those shoes yeah. as a 15 seed. Again, not necessarily an indication of of your knowledge or anything. Just about you know, we don't have a track record on you when you join stuff like that. D do you right. feel like, in theory, though, you should be better than a 15 seed? Yeah, like we talked about, uh, I know a lot, but once you get in that trivia 30 second time time limit, it, uh, you can slip up any any uh, 
any round. So uh, hopefully I can answer a couple of questions, right? We'll see what happens, man. How long have you been a KU fan? Uh, I guess what's your kind of background with the Jayhawks? Oh, yeah. So I can remember watching games as far back as uh, 93 North Carolina KU Final Four game. Um, I'm 37. So, uh, you know, I've, I've went to the Final Four in 03. Uh, been went to the regional finals in 12. Um, it's uh, uh, been to plenty of games at Allen Fieldhouse. So I'm, I like I said, like I told you, I feel like I have a lot of uh, knowledge. Uh, it's just, uh, can I remember it all in a short, uh, short uh, amount of time? Yeah, that's the difficulty here. All right, guys, well, let's get into it. Kyle, you're the lower seed, so you have the option. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Uh, let's let Garrett go first. <laughs> all right, going to let Garrett rip the Band-Aid off. So, Garrett, you were up first trying to uh, make your way back to the grade eight for the second straight year. Garrett, into the really easy round. How many national championships has Bill Self won at Kansas? Two. That is right. Two national championships in 2008 and 2022. Okay, Kyle, first question for you of your trivia debut. Name a team that Bill Self has beaten in a national championship game at Kansas. Uh, let's go with Memphis. Yeah, that was the first one. The other correct answer would have been North Carolina. All right. Really easy ones. Done. Check marked. On to easy round for you, Garrett. This junior power forward led Kansas with 19 points in their 2012 Final Four win over Ohio State. What's his name? Thomas Robinson. T-Rob is correct. Big keyword there. That's part of this. Got to listen for the keywords. Power forward was the big hint there. But uh, yeah, he had a nice game against Ohio State as he did really all tournament long. Okay, back to you, Kyle. Into the easy round. This redshirt freshman wing led Kansas with 20 points in their 2013 Sweet 16 loss to Michigan. What's his name? I'll go with uh, Ben McLemore. That is right. Ben McLemore. Super fun redshirt freshman season. Just kind of coming out of nowhere. Really fun player in KU lore. All right, we're going to move up to the medium round of things. You guys have knocked them out so far. We're going to go back to you, Garrett. What jersey number did Kirk Heinrich wear at Kansas? I'm going to go with five. Unfortunately, the correct answer is number 10. Or number 10. These jersey questions, man. They're the they're the equalizer. They're the tough ones. And I think I saw Kyle going, oh no, when he heard the first one was a jersey question because he probably knows this one also gonna be a jersey one. Uh, yep. <laughs> All right, Kyle, your chance to pull the upset. What jersey number did Keith Langford wear at Kansas? Five. That is correct. Five, the correct answer. Unfortunate there with the switching. I don't know, Garrett, did you know the answer to the Keith Langford, or would you, would you have just no, guessed five no, again? I, I was literally just talking about this with another uh, somebody else who's going to be in this tournament later. I was like, jersey numbers are the one thing. Like, I just do not remember. Once guys are gone, I just do not remember jersey numbers unless they're like really big, like family, you know, like, like, I mean, like jersey retired, right? Very right. famous, but, but if, if it's not, you know, something like really notable, I do not remember jersey numbers. Those just like wash mm. out of my brain <laughs> after the season's done. 
Well, I, I think that's both the beauty and the frustration of this tournament. And yeah. well, we purposely have it this way so that it is like the real NCAA tournament where, you know, it's it's not always that Kansas gets a one seed and they win it all every year. Sometimes the ball doesn't bounce their way. Sometimes there's a call against them or whatever it is. Sometimes a player just doesn't play well. You know, you could be the most knowledgeable person in the entire event in every category except jersey numbers, and it feels like that question's going to come up, and then it did, and, and unfortunately that hit you there. So, Kyle, if, if you would have got the Kirk Heinrich one, if those would have been reversed, would you have got the Kirk Heinrich one right? Yeah, I was um, just because that was during my high school okay. years, and that was two of my favorite teams, the 0-2 team and the 0-3 team. I loved Heinrich, I loved Collison, I loved Gooden, so... I would have been fairly confident with numbers on those teams. But again, the numbers in general, that's Jersey numbers is tough. It's really tough. Yeah, it, it really is. And uh, it's always one that I feel gutted when somebody loses on it. But, you know, yeah. it is part of this event. Uh, Garrett, we, we hope you get we get you back next year. I mean, clearly you showed your worth last year and, and just ran into kind of an unfortunate uh, question with a, a really good competitor, obviously, here in Kyle. Uh, but at least you have a little nest egg, right? You have all those prizes still from last year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Kyle, you made your trivia debut. You're moving on to the second round. Uh, you're going to be taking on Eli Loney, who is a seven seed here. Overall, you got to be pretty happy with your debut, right? Yeah, I said. Uh, I think I tweeted out I didn't want to suck, and uh, <laughs> I got a couple questions right. So, hey, here we go. Let's see what happens next. Definitely didn't suck. Well, guys, we appreciate the time, and uh, Kyle, see you in a few weeks. All right, take care, everyone. I mean, today's just the day of upset, wow. right? Upset day. This is the maybe tournament. the craziest day in trivia Woo! history in terms of the upsets. <clears throat> 16 wins, yep. 15 wins. Yep. We still have another 15 playing a two later. Yeah. Wow. This is this has been uh, quite the day. And if you are a high seed and you have not competed yet, you might be shaking in your boots a little bit. You might be getting pretty nervous. It seems like we've got some some guys that uh, signed up for their first time that are performing really well. Yeah. Um. Of so last, we still, have, we still have two more one seeds. Uh huh. And two more two seeds, right? Yeah. But I mean, already we're for sure without three of last year's grade eight. And we're not even through the first round. Man. New blood. Man, yeah. Coming in strong. Coming in strong. New blood. And that I mean, is and I mean listen, even like uh even Garrett Hart, who was the thirteen his first year, he could have easily won. He could have easily oh, won yeah. against Brian in the four thirteen matchup. Man. So we've had some some new guys that have come in and and uh, really showed themselves. Yeah, and I think let today be an example that you know, uh, both in two ways. I, I always say I hope people don't feel like embarrassed when they lose. I know certain people do. Don't. One, you know, I, let me let me say this. Do you remember dude, anybody who lost in the first? Like, could you name one person outside of if they were like your friend, so you just know them? Dude, I would have gone, I would have gone out on so many questions. We've yeah, that's asked. the thing. Like, it's hard. It, it's a it's a combination of sometimes the questions just aren't up your alley, and sometimes you just run into somebody who knew that question, but yeah. you might have known a different one if you would have got it differently. Like, it, it really is. Uh, there's so many knowledgeable I mean, like, KU fans. Like Kyle, for example, he said, you know, hey, I, I'm a big yeah. fan of the 2003-2004 teams. We don't plan these. They're had, all what random, What if he had gotten right? a question about a jersey number from like 2010? Exactly. He, may, he might not have known that one. Exactly. And that's kind of the point of this. It's like the NCAA tournament. It is very like, you know, th there is an, an aspect of randomness to it. That's why I know some people like the football one better because there is a little less randomness to it. But I think that's kind of the point of this that makes yeah. it so fun and chaotic, just like the NCAA I mean, exactly. tournament. What, what makes Marsh Madness... The best, the upsets, yeah, right. The crazy the parody, the craziness, not knowing yes. what's going to happen, yes. right. And we've got, we've, we've already got that. Oh happening my goodness, here. what right, a so day! I wanted to have this discussion with you. Mm -hmm. So you came up with April Anarchy 
for yeah. what should we should call this. Mm-hmm. I want to think of something better. You don't like that? I think it's fine. I just feel like wow. we could do better. We, we didn't have this discussion on air. You just came up with it. Well, I was I was actually talking with Sam, who comes on for Florida Man Mad Libs, and, and he was like, you need to think of a word like March Madness. I agree. And that's yes. what came up. 100% agree. Um, we need like a thesaurus. Hmm. Well, I was thinking, you know, it doesn't have to be April. You could, like, what if it was like RCST blank? Like RCST chaos. RCST something. See, but I kind of like it being with the month because it's March Madness. Well, I, I understand. That's I understand. Yes, I get it. Why you did the month? I hear is uh, synonyms for the word madness. <laughs> the only one that starts with the letter A. There's two of them. Okay. Aberration. That no. April aberration. That's Ab- terrible. Absurdity. Oh. April absurdity. I kind of like absurdity. I like anarchy better. Yeah. Anarchy definitely captures the. All right, I'll tell you what. Yes. You come up with your idea. I've got mine. It's April. Well, anarchy. Listen, I didn't want to make. I didn't want to come out here and be like, "Well, your idea sucks." Because I think I think anarchy's fine. I was just saying we didn't we didn't have this discussion of like well, okay. if we could brainstorm something better. Now I feel I feel worse. You saying Why? it's fine? Imagine if you went to a five star restaurant and the chef came out and was like, "What did you think tonight?" And you're like, "It was fine." No, it's they good. would take that April as anarchy. a bigger front than you being like, "I didn't like this." No, April anarchy is it's 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 good. <laughs> it's fine. No. It's whatever. I'm not listen because I'm whatever. not. I'm not saying I could come up with a better option. I'm just mm. saying we never. We never had this. Discussion. You just feel like you were left out of the loop. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. I, I am open. If, you if anybody just sprung it on me. Well. <laughs> if if you have any recommendations, if anybody has any recommendations, hit us up and uh, we'll think about it. Okay. Till then, I'm going with April Anarchy. Remember, I think you could use RCST. I understand the month, but if there was a better like word, RCST. What know. rampaging? I was thinking rampaging. Does it have to start actually. with R? The problem is no, it doesn't start with R. It can start with T. RCST. Oh, uh, I don't know. RCST. Dude, thinking treachery. Of, no. Thinking of words like just off the top of your head is hard. Yeah, we need more thesauruses around. All right, he is uh, Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to RCST Trivia and Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Once again, our title sponsors: Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Prince Skate. Real quick, uh, in the 23rd Street Brewery region, it's now Eli versus Kyle. Who do you like there? Oh, I, I listen. I thought Kyle did a good job in this matchup. Obviously, getting the win, I was pretty impressed with his knowledge. But I thought Eli was really strong, really strong in his matchup. So I'm leaning Eli, but. Kind of similarly to Derek, you know, when when you have matchups like this with the lower seeds where, you know, they got to the medium round, right? But we didn't really necessarily maybe see the full extent of their knowledge. So if it's if it does go to more of the hard, really hard rounds, maybe Kyle does know more in those rounds than, than Eli does. We we don't know. So I'm I'm leaning Eli, but I would not rule out the possibility of Kyle making it to the sizzle on sixteen. He's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We'll be back after this on Rock Shock Sports Talk with KLWN. Depend on it. All right, welcome back into Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Some breaking news that happened at the top of the five o'clock hour while we were airing trivia. By the way, we have two more trivia matchups uh, to come here on RCST, so we'll get to those shortly. Is Artario Morris has committed to the University of Kansas? So a lot to unpack here. Uh, the first of which is um, Morris. I, I guess the off the court stuff. Uh, lot of sticky stuff as it regards to Artario Morris that makes me not love this for KU. You're in a position, if you are KU, where you are probably going to get a very good player with that scholarship, whether it's Artario Morris or somebody else. 
Um, now, once again, this is the story from the Austin American Statesman about Texas basketball player Arterio Morris was arrested last June, charged with misdemeanor assault. Uh, according to an arrest affidavit obtained by the American Statesman, Frisco police responded to a domestic disturbance about 5.30 p.m. on June 2nd. Morris told officers that he lived nearby and drove to Caden Barnes' residence to have a face-to-face -face conversation as opposed to text messaging. Barnes' sister let Morris into the townhome. He then went upstairs to speak with Barnes, who was sleeping at the time. Barnes told police that Morris, quote, grabbed her by the left forearm slash wrist and pulled her up off the bed. Morris grabbed at Barnes' sports bra, according to the affidavit, her chest and pulled, causing the strap to make what police described as a three-inch long abrasion on her neck, according to the affidavit. Morris initially denied there was any physical contact, according to the affidavit. Presented with Barnes' allegations, Morris then, quote, altered his initial statement, end quote, to police, the affidavit said. He was then placed under arrest and charged with assault, causing bodily injury to a family member, a Class A misdemeanor in Texas. Class A misdemeanors can result in a maximum one-year jail term and a $4,000 fine. Denton County jail records show that Morris posted a 3500 bond and was released June 3rd. He was never suspended from the team at the University of Kansas. Uh, I think this is gross from KU. I'm not going to put it any other way. I hate this. I don't like that I have to put my mind in a puzzle and twist it around in different ways to talk about this kid with the off-the-court stuff. I am a believer in second chances. I am a believer in those sorts of things. But is that second chance, is that the right, to give what should be a privilege with playing at the University of Kansas. Additionally, again, you're Kansas. You're going to be able to get a good player with that scholarship. Why does it have to be this kid? Now, I will say, the answer to that, he's very good at basketball. He has a very good potential. Again, I don't like this, but I'm trying to give all the sides here for you. He is a six foot three guard. He was the number 16 recruit in the country on 24-7 sports uh, rankings on the composite that came out when he entered in the class of 2022. Five-star kid ends up going to Texas, and here is the scouting report from 24-7 Sports, which his comparison is John Morant. Morris is an elite guard prospect who is a raw talent that has the upside to potentially be the best player from the 2022 class. Morris has popped to his game and is elusive with his handle when breaking down defenders. His short area quickness and burst, coupled with his shiftiness, grant him the ability to get wherever he pleases in the half-court game. He is at his best when playing downhill, um, and when finishing creatively at the rim. Thanks to his length, quickness, and size, Morris can also be leaned upon as a multi-positional defender. As he learns to play with consistent killer instinct and polishes his game overall, mainly his jumper and decision-making, Morris could potentially take off and be mentioned in the conversation for the best lead guard in the class. So, very high potential, very athletic, good size that you can play him behind Dewan Harris, next to Dewan Harris, that you can play. I mean, there will be a lot of lineups this season that KU throws out where they have three of their essentially smaller guards playing next to each other. By the smaller guards, I'm referring to um, Marco Jackson, Dewan Harris, Arterio Morris, and Nick Timberlake. Obviously, a lot of those guys are 6'3", 6'4". So, you know, for the combo guard spot, that's actually pretty good size. But if you compare it to like a wing where you're playing Grady Dick at the two and Kevin McCuller at three, that's a little bit different. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of, you know, Timberlake at the three and Dewan Harris at the one with one of El Marco Jackson or Ontario Morris at the two. From an on-court perspective, it's not just the athleticism and you feel like he'll be somebody who can help Kansas continue to be an athletic team, be a fast team, be a quick team, be a good team in transition, um, but also he is someone who can get to the rim and he should be able to do good at that. 
He's also somebody who has very good defensive potential because of the athleticism, the quickness, and the speed. In limited time, he ranked in the 83rd percentile last season on uh, synergy in defense. And in man-to-man defense, he ranked in the 85th percentile, which is listed in the excellent category on synergy. The shooting is going to be the swing skill here for whether he's just a solid bench guard for you or if he is somebody who becomes like a a starter or is eventually a pro or is like a, you know, all-conference type of player, to be completely honest. Uh, He ended up shooting 33% from three, which, you know, in theory, if you said a a true freshman shot 33% from three, usually you're going to see growth in that area and you could almost expect him to shoot 34, 35% on a little higher volume next year, which should be good enough. But also, it's a small enough sample that is he a true 33% shooter? Is it lower 30s? Is it high 20s? And he'll improve off of that instead. I don't know. As a spot-up shooter, he ranked in the 53rd percentile, which is good on synergy. In those situations specifically, he was uh, 7 for 11 on spot-up twos. He was 16 of 53 on spot-up threes, which is just 30% from the floor. So in spot-up threes, wasn't great last season. Uh, good in transition, solid pick-and-roll ball handler, struggled in limited numbers of iso- isolation play, but I would imagine with Bill Self, that'll be something he gets better at. So, again, this is somebody who um, I think it'll probably be a tight competition between Arterio Morris and, and Omarco Jackson to start at the two next to Dwan Harris. Kind of right now, I'm, I'm assuming Nick Timberlake would be the favorite to start at the three now that you take him on, and this leaves you with just one scholarship left. Would it be Hunter Dickinson? Would it be Jalen Tyson? Are you going to get another scholarship open by Chris Johnson or Kyle Cuff or some other freshman leaving or bringing on a player via a walk-on and just paying them with NIL money? There's ways to get around it. But, uh, yeah, end of the day, good basketball player. Don't love the fit overall because of the off-court stuff. And uh, I hate that we have to kind of talk about that and consistently wind ourselves in a knot about it. All right, we're going to get back to some more RCST trivia to finish out the day, finish out the weekend. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. Depend on it. As much fun as trivia has been today, we still got more. Two more to go, including our next matchup. It is going to be a 6-11 matchup. Two more chances for upsets. Yeah, that's right. Although this one wouldn't be as big of one seeding-wise. But uh, yeah, certainly. I mean, we see 11 seeds all the time. So it'll be Blake Farrell versus Calder Mullen. I I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I'll have to get it from him. Um, Nonetheless, Blake has gone 5-1 in trivia questions. He also did really well in football last year. He is somebody I'm definitely keeping an eye on in the sixth seed in the 23rd Street Brewery region. Um. I think that really when I'm looking now at the bottom of this bracket in the 23rd Super region, again, Calder's an unknown, Blake really good, Andrew Wymore really good, Kristen Martin really good, and then you know Eli and Kyle, That that's going to be a tough bottom half to decide who gets to the grade eight. Yes, could not agree more. I mean, uh, we talked about it with Eli. I think Eli was really strong and he's got more to show in the second round, but Kyle also, you know, with the upset, maybe he rides on that momentum, so... From the bottom half, it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, from this top half, this is definitely uh, an intriguing matchup, right? Calder's, as you said, he's more of an unknown uh, as an 11 seed. And, uh, and and Blake is a guy that did really well in football, like you said, but this is basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's and he's kind of been – he's gotten five – he's 5-1, which I yeah. think is a pretty one good one record. 1-1 and 1 in matchups. Yeah, 5-1 and one in questions, though, which I think is a, a pretty good yeah, record, solid. I would say. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see what happens in this matchup. 
All right, one of our title sponsors, Johnny's Tavern. Did you know in 2023, it's the 70th anniversary for Johnny's Tavern? They're going to have all sorts of specials at your local Johnny's throughout the year, and they're going to have a 70th anniversary celebration at the original location right here in Lawrence, North Lawrence, where you can be part of the neighborhood porch. Of course, there are now 13 locations of Johnny's from Topeka to the newest store in Raymore, Missouri. Eat the Nuclelouche pizza. I smother everything in my in Wilson sauce at this point. I'm actually out. I need to get more. So uh, if anybody from Johnny's he's listening and would like to bring me a cart of Wilson sauce, like a jug maybe. Maybe that'll be enough for me to, to last me for the summer. Uh, and you know the weather's heating up. Ice-cold beer sounds good. Try the Blue Collar Lager, a beer you can only get at Johnny's that's brewed by Free State Brewing Company. All right, let's get into the matchup. All right, so we've got our 6-11 matchup in the 23rd Street Brewery region in the top left. Six-seed Blake Farrell, 1-1 one one all-time in basketball trivia, 5-1 and one in trivia questions. Did really well in football this past summer. He's taking on 11-seed in Calder Moline. Uh, Calder, we'll start with you. This is your first appearance in trivia. Do you feel like you're under-seeded at all, though? Yeah, definitely. You know, if you look at the number of Quadrant 1 victories I had this past season, I do feel like I'm a little bit underseeded. All right, well, battle-tested at the very least, so that's a positive. Uh, Calder, what what is your background with KU? Uh, did you go there, student, grow up a fan? What, what's kind of your knowledge level? Yeah, I've been a, hu- a huge fan my whole life from school there. Um, you know, growing up in small-town Kansas, it's, uh, it's a way of life to be a Jayhawk fan, so huge fan my whole life. Well, Blake, this is your second appearance in the basketball edition, and uh, we know you did really well in football. Would you would you rank your because we had Ben on earlier, who was also coincidentally a six seed who did really well in football, um, and he said he feels like he knows football a little bit more than basketball. It feels like there's maybe more competition on the basketball side of things. Do you kind of feel the same way? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I feel like I know my football pretty well, but basketball, I feel like it's a toss up on some of these. So. So is this kind of your warm-up then for football season? Exactly. <laughs> there we go. Gets you in tune and everything. All right. Well, with that being said, Calder, you are the lower seed, so that does give you the option. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I'd love to go first. All right. You're going first. That means, Blake, you are going second, and we'll start in the really easy category. First up for you, Calder. Name a Kansas player who has scored in a national championship game. Uh, Remy Martin. Yeah, Remy Martin. I think he had 14, something like that. He had some big ones. Step back three, that little left-handed layup. He did score in the 2022 national title game. Okay, Blake, this one for you. Name a Kansas player who has grabbed a rebound in a national title game other than Remy Martin if he did grab one. I'll go Danny Manning. That is right. Danny gobbled up a good amount of rebounds in the 1988 national championship game. Okay, on to the easy round. Really easy, out of the way. Back to you, Calder. What NCAA tournament seed did Kansas have in that 1988 national championship season? Oh, man, I don't know my seeds very well. <laughs> and I know you were asking these earlier this week. I was listening to the matches. Oh, man, I think it was an eight seed. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Incorrect. Oh. The correct answer is a six seed. Danny and the Miracles, they were a six seed, which uh, I believe up until UConn won it in 2014 was the worst seed to ever win a title. All right, Blake, you got a chance to get a uh, advancement here and move on to the second round. Blake, for you, what NCAA tournament seed did Kansas have in their 2003 national championship runner-up season? 
We have a two seed. That is correct. They were a two seed. Year before, they were a one seed after going undefeated in the Big 12 2003, though. Ended up getting a two seed, got by Arizona in the Elite Eight. So, Calder, we'll start with you there. Uh, you said that the seedings, that was maybe a weak spot for you. And this is the, uh, I don't know, second or third time today we've hit somebody's weak spot. The, the questions are all random. So sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. But uh, uh, what went wrong for you there on that question? Yeah, I just, you know, I was kind of doing a little bit of studying before this and was just looking at records and regular season games and match, you know, tournament losses and they didn't cover the seed. So what do you know? It's the one thing you don't study. <laughs> that tends to be how it is. It's always, you know, it's, uh, uh, I don't know, rule of uh, Murphy's Law, you know, uh, whatever bound to go wrong will go wrong, basically. Uh, with Blake, for you, meanwhile... Uh, if you would have got the other question there, if you would have got the 1988 one, would you have got that one correct? Six seed, right? Yep. Yeah, I would have got that one. Well, you're moving on to the second round, and uh, you'll be taking on the winner of Andrew Wymore and Kristen Martin. So, uh, I, I mean, the fact that, like you said, this is kind of warm-up for you to get to football, this is just kind of the cherry on top then, right? Exactly. So, hope I can keep moving on and go from there. So, we'll see what happens. Awesome. Well, Calder, we hope to get you back in next year, and uh, if you do, we'll see if the tournament is more kind to your conference record and quad one wins and, and all the metrics that are uh, going your way. Yeah, th- I'd love to be back, and Derek, I love the show. I think I uh, really appreciate what you do, and good radio, it's really important, uh, so uh, keep it up. Well, that was, that was super nice. We really appreciate that, Calder. Well, we hope we get you back next year. Like I said, Blake, we'll see you in a few weeks. Thank you to both you guys. Hey, sounds good. Thank you, guys. Yep. Well, that was really nice by Calder. I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate Very the kind words. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the people who, you know, we have some people in this who they don't listen to the show. They just join for trivia. Maybe they'll listen to the trivia stuff. Some people join the trivia and they don't even listen to the other trivias. For instance, I, I don't think we brought this up. This was uh, something we talked about with, uh, I, I talked about with Eric off air, uh, Hansi. Um, the questions that Doug and Brett got in their first round matchup, the one that eliminated Doug, it was the same one that eliminated Eric in the championship matchup. Really? Every so often, we will re-unearth questions from past trivia events. Part of it is maybe something just got tossed in there that we forgot. Other parts of it, sometimes we do recycle questions for a couple of reasons. One, because they're fun questions, they're good questions, or two... Because it gives an advantage to those who, like part of it, it it's not just studying box scores or yeah. the knowledge or going to games or studying the media guide. It's listening to past trivias. That yeah. gives you an it's advantage. It's not like you're going to use the same question in the same tournament, but let's Correct. say a question from you know the first tournament mm-hmm. or you know in 2021 or whatever, you could see a question from that tournament potentially come up. Yes. So listening helps you. Unfortunately, it didn't help Calder there, but we really appreciate the people who do listen all year long. The people who listen to the the full thing of trivia. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, we and, try our best to yeah. be. And, and I don't blame them if, if they can't make everything and, you know, they have a busy work. Like, I'm, I'm yeah, not I mean, saying... Dude, we're three hours a day. Well, can't could, expect yeah. anybody to I listen to every single thing. It just makes... I, I love it when you do hear those stories from those people. So we hope we yeah. get Calder, ba- Calder back. Uh, same kind of thing between Calder and Garrett where... They just kind of hit like weaknesses. Like yeah. I, I'm sure both guys know their stuff. Obviously, we know that with Garrett. I, I have that assumption with Calder. Yeah, but you, when when you just get the weakness, it's just kind of it yeah. Sucks. It does it does feel like Calder maybe has a little bit more knowledge than what he's yeah. able to show here. So he's a guy that you know. Let's say he comes back next year and gets a similar seat or a little bit higher, he could be a sneaky you yep. know ball bounces his way. Yep. You know he doesn't have a 
That was the equivalent of like he was getting open shots, but he went two for twenty from three. Yep, you know or, what I mean. Or got into foul trouble. Yeah. You know? Yep. Well, Blake. Meanwhile, I, I know he has said that you know he's more football than basketball. He does know his basketball stuff though too. Yeah. I, I yeah. think he is a real threat to go far. And I, I think and Blake is like kind of that just calm, cool, collected yes. like you know mellow guy that that could just sneak up on you and wham you know <laughs> doesn't show much emotion as he takes you down you know he's the uh the silent assassin so <laughs> to speak all right uh that is that version of RCST trivia we have one more matchup to go it is the one that a lot of people have been waiting for will Nick Schwert be upset he's facing Justin Wasmuth Wasmuth um we already have Two 15s that have beaten twos. We have a 15 and a 16 that have advanced today. Can we get another upset? Will the villain of the tournament, Nick Schwert, go out later today? Let's find out next. This is RCST Trivia. We are brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, River at Print and Skate, 23rd Street Brewery, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting Casey 2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. Back for more next. We have one more matchup of RCST Trivia. It is another 215 matchup. We've already had two 15 seeds beat two seeds over the course of trivia. And just today alone, we've had a 16 beat a one. We've had a 15 beat a two. This final matchup of RCST Trivia brought to you by another one of our title sponsors, Riverat Print and Skate. This is the Riverat Print and Skate region. Riverat has screen printing and a skate shop. Embroidery and promotional products are also available with art and logo creation. Plus, they're KU licensed skateboards, longboards, paddleboards, safety gear. They have a large selection of shoes and apparel from well-known skate brands, and they can help you out with custom apparel like trivia shirts, trivia hats. Follow them on Instagram at river underscore rat underscore print for the print shop and at Riverat Skate Shop for the skate side as well. Give them a call at 785-371-1660 with River Rat Print and Skate. All right, let's get into the uh, matchup here. So we have our final matchup of RCST Trivia for the day, and it is a two-seed Nick Schwert against a 15-seed Justin Wasmith, who is looking for his first trivia win. And uh, the, the most... You know, we, we've talked about Nick being the trivia villain of this thing. Everybody wants to see him lose. I don't know if this was planned by him to <laughs> further that villainry, but he just decided to no-show. So Nick did not show up, and because of that, that means that Justin, all you got to do is answer a really easy question and you get through. Uh, before I do ask you that question, Justin, uh, last year you went seven rounds deep into your trivia answers and unfortunately fell in an 8-9 matchup. Um so, I mean, what was obviously now where you know that this is going to be an easy advancement for you, that's got to feel nice. But coming into this event, was there any hesitation of like, man, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to join. What, what made you want to get over the edge? Um, because one of these years I will win. I just <laughs> didn't know when. It could be 2030, whatever it may be. But um, every year, just try and, and see if we can get at least that one win. I think I'm 0 for 3 the last three years or something like that. So, um just getting over the hump so any means necessary really right now so well this will work just perfectly for that all right let's let's get you your question we have a uh, really easy question for you justin yeah. name this player from last season's last name grady dick that is right <laughs> watch your language on the radio no i'm just yeah. joking um <laughs> Grady was the correct answer. The follow-up that would have been given to Nick was name this player from last season's last name. First name was Jalen. That one would have been Wilson, but all Justin had to do was get that first one right. So that is our second advancement on a no-show. Eric Hansey and uh, Justin, you move on. You got your right. first ever victory. I, I know this, this probably isn't how you envisioned it and how you hoped it would come about, but does it feel just as good? Does it feel just as satisfying? It, it, 
it feels it feels great to be a 15 beating a two. How about that? We don't have to say how it happened, but oh yeah, oh yes. For the rest of your life, you should yeah. say, "Hey man, I took out Nick Schwartz when nobody else could. Mm-hmm. I was the one that brought him down." You should definitely exactly. uh, definitely yeah. say that to everybody. I mean, the the history books, you're going to scroll through them, and all it's going to say is Justin beat Nick. So uh, that's it's all that matters here. Um, and you become, this is crazy. So all of our two seeds now have have played. Three of the 15s advanced. That is wow. absolutely Man. remarkable. We've had some great upsets so far in our CST trivia today. Uh, you're going to be taking on Jared Lenz, who is the 10 seed in the second round of the River Rat Print and Skate region. Do you have any words of trash talk? Are you just going to play humble? What, what's your words going into round two? Um, I am 42 years old and too old for trash talk, so we'll just see him <laughs> next time. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay, love it. Well, Justin, I appreciate you joining, it, and congrats yeah. on that first first-round victory. We'll see you in a couple weeks. All right, sounds great. Thanks, guys. Okay, so lame way to finish out the day. We had a wonderful tough. day. Yeah, that is tough. <clears throat> yeah, a day full of upsets, and arguably the matchup that I think most listeners were maybe the most excited for uh, because they wanted to see Nick Schwartz fail. Now, I don't think they wanted to see him fail in that fashion. I think they wanted to actually get the the joy of, of, of hearing him lose and seeing right. him cry his tears of losing uh, instead of just doing it this way, but... Uh, yeah, Nick Schwartz out of the tournament, and I guess, uh, you know, that's a rejoice regardless of how it happened, right? So, uh, you know, definitely shakes up this region even further because now you look at the River at Print and Skate region and the one seed, L, two seed, L, three seed still in it, four seed still in it. The five seed hasn't gone yet, but, you know, now we have a 10, a 15, a 16, uh, and Isaac's the three, and we haven't done the 6-11 th- matchup either, so... Uh, the the reason that we continue to talk about is potentially being the most wide open just got somehow even more wide open. Man, absolutely crazy. So yeah, I mean it's it's not it, it's not how you wanted it to happen. It's not, but you, you end up with yeah those three now, fifteen or sixteens today that win. That's cool. Floated the idea of was this a planned? Yes, uh, that is what I'm wondering. <laughs> I have real questions about that. Right? I mean, if you if you're the villain of the tournament and you do well last year, you feel like you don't have anything to prove this year. What if this was all planned? What if it was him saying, you know what, I'm I'm just gonna do this. I'm I'm gonna and then next year I'll be back as a lower seed so I get a better path or something? I don't I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, that I guess I didn't I never asked you this. If you if you are and I guess maybe this hasn't happened before, if you're a higher seed and you don't show up for your first time matchup and you forfeit, does that significantly <laughs> impact your seed in the next year's tournament if you come back? I think it has to. I think, I think it, it has, has to, to too. Right? I mean, that almost certainly to me is worth more than losing a regular event. Yes, like certainly your 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 dedication has to be questioned. Yeah, your integrity, for sure. your integrity has to be questioned. I mean, there's a lot of things that need to be. I should add that to the seeding criteria: integrity. Yes, integrity. I agree. integrity. If you yes. complain about a question, drop the seed line. <laughs> if you I mean, complain listen, about your you run, seed, you run the tournament. You can do whatever that's you want. That's true. You you're, complain yeah. about your seed one year, you're dropping a seed line the next year. <laughs> it's going to be even worse. You thought that was bad. Wait till next year. I actually love that idea. Integrity will now be a part of the uh, seeding formula. I'm going to start writing that in the people's bios. I have like the records and everything. I'm going to be like complained about this. Uh, meanwhile, for Jared. <laughs> It, it was almost setting up that yep. Jared was going to take on Nick, the former intern versus his former boss. And Jared had trash talk to say to Nick, is this is this bad for Jared? Like, is he too focused on possibly playing Nick? Yeah, no, I think it could be. I think he could easily think, oh, I don't have to play Nick anymore. I'm I'm through to the sizzling 16 already. Like, I'm just breathing. <laughs> and here comes Justin, right? Mm-hmm. And Justin, to me, is the 
he's kind of like the wily veteran, right? Who he hasn't quite broke through yet, but he gets his first win here. But he's he's a guy that's been consistent in the tournament, right? Mm-hmm. And he has a lot of questions under his belt and everything. And I think he could really sneak up on Jared potentially. All right, I just uh, received a message. Sources are telling me that there were some hesitations from Nick after he found out Jared won the first round because he was afraid of that storyline, and he was also very afraid of possibly playing Isaac in the Sizzling 16. Really? Wow. Mm. I don't know if those sources are true or not. You can decide for yourself. All right, well, that'll do it for uh, RCST Trivia today. Yeah, still a great of that day one. overall. Yeah, still a great yeah, day fantastic overall. Fantastic day. Don't think about the finish. Think about the uh, journey yep. along the way here. Um, so we are, what, I'm trying to think, 1, 2, 3, We're 4, over 5, halfway, 6, right? 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. 18 down, 14 to go next week of uh, the yeah. first round. And then uh, we'll be into round two when the prizes start coming up for grabs here in RCST Trivia. Once again, trivia brought to you by Johnny's Tavern, Pella Windows and Doors, 23rd Street Brewery, River at Print Skate, Mini Jerseys, Jayhawk Trophy, Homefield Apparel, Sporting KC2, McDonald's, and Mr. D's Auto Wash. That'll also do it for today's edition of RCST. We'll be back on Monday. Could be a busy weekend. Draft. You have the decision from Arterio Morris. Uh, you have the uh, Jalen Tyson visit. Primo you have Spears. the Primo Spears decision tomorrow. Uh, Ron Holland decommitting from Texas. A bunch of that stuff we talked about earlier today throughout the show. But uh, we'll recap plenty more of it coming up on Monday and more trivia. Have a good weekend. Don't forget, you can check out anything you missed on the Best of RCSD podcast. For Nick Springer, Derek Johnson, later.